Welcome to episode 46 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight is John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler R. Sama. Hello. He's attempting not to die right now. So Calvin's a little bit under the weather, but he's trooping it out for the podcast. For the name of the brand, right? <laughs> yeah, trying to. Hopefully I just don't die halfway. And Chris Chung should be joining us shortly. He's having some PC issues, but uh, he should be here momentarily. But we wanted to get this underway before Calvin passes out. Hopefully that Indeed. doesn't happen. So, um, kind of a, a wacky weekend this weekend. Uh, did anything stick out to you, or did you guys, you know, or was it just another weekend in the books? I kind of had a disastrous Sunday that just tanked everything. Like I had a real, I had a rough, rough weekend. Yeah, it's it's been. My my issue, I've been, my timing has not been very good this split. I've had, like, I've been very good at estimating, like, I think this team is about ready to make a turnaround here, or I think this team is about ready to take a dive. But my timing has just been a little bit off. It's been, like, a game too early or a game too late on everything, and I'm always on a team, like, the day before they start their turnaround. I'm like, I think they're going to turn it around. Or, you know, these guys are going to start tanking, and I say that the day that they win their match, and then they start tanking after that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think my weekend went really well, actually, to be honest with you guys. I had a really good weekend, so can't complain. Keeping it simple, nothing wrong with that. Yep. Uh, any news? I only wrote the one thing down, but if you guys want to chime in with any other news that I just forgot about or that you think is notable, feel free. Um, MSI is officially postponed. Uh, until further notice, the global head of esports, Jeff, I think it's Jeff, John Needham, John Needham, I think his name is, um, is the Riot global head of esports, uh, put out a statement. Let me see if I can find it real quick. They tweeted out on the Wall Esports Twitter, too. It is, says, as countries around the world respond to the coronavirus, we've had to adjust our plans, delay the announcing and timing of the location of MSI 2020. While we remain committed to making the event happen, the health and safety of players and fans comes first and foremost with the integrity of the competition a close second. Mid-season, yeah, but yada, 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 yada. So uh, it's delayed until further notice. There haven't really been any other announcements or statements for this. Um this is largely just going to, like, we just have to play this by ear. Like, we don't know. Like, I don't think it's kind of unprecedented. Like, I don't know. Like, there's not really any example to point to from the past where this was going <laughs> yeah. on. So, it's kind of like a fluid situation. Um, I know Korea has, has banned non-essential, basically non-essential media coverage from the LCK, like, as of yesterday. So, like, no player interviews anymore. Uh, there's no, they have like a media room in the LCK where like they do like interviews and stuff like that, like post game that we don't get to see on stream, but it's for like the, you know, Ashley Kangs and beat reporters and stuff like that of the world that, that are doing like independent stuff. And, uh, they're no longer allowed in the stadium just cause they're, you know, the, there's been an uptick in, in outbreak in the outbreak in Korea. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty serious situation. Hopefully, you know, we've been kind of keeping an eye on it, but hopefully it doesn't get too much worse. But who knows? We kind of just got to play it by ear. Uh, anything else that stuck out to you, like news-wise, subs, announcements, trades, anything? Like, I, I didn't see anything particularly of note this week. 
Yeah, I was trying to remember if there was anything else. I don't think I remember really much else that's there, happened this last weekend. Any, any academy players getting promoted? I don't think so. Probably not, although, I mean, I think I think there is definitely plenty of talent down in academy where that we're going to see next split, but I'm nothing to th- yet that I've heard of. The, the one I'm thinking of is, uh, like, Vitality. Like, is is are we just not seeing Melitza this split? Because that's what it seems like at this point. They've had they had a lot of trouble. I don't know if you followed their thing last week, but the riot has the rules about how many players can play both the like LEC and their academy team, and Vitality just didn't have enough players, and they fielded an illegal roster and got one of their wins taken away because they just didn't have enough players between their teams. They ended up playing three guys in <clears throat> in their regional league, which was not pre-approved by Riot, and then Riot took their win away. Do they have like? I mean, I don't think that organization has got, like, too many financial problems, but that just seems like an oversight in bookkeeping, maybe. Just sort of oversight in, like... I think, in this case, it sounds like Riot would have approved the lineup, but they fiddled around trying to get something to work longer than was acceptable, basically, uh, and so okay. they, they just played the match without the official okay from Riot, and then Riot was kind of like, well, we probably would have approved it, but we didn't, yeah, so... You can't do that, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Kind of a slow news week, but uh, you know that I think the MSI postponement was it was a big a big piece, but we kind of all saw that coming. I think at like the way it's been going so far, like because we're supposed to yeah, be they, in China, right? Yeah, I mean, and they kind of had to do it with the way that things have, have played out. They can't just leave China out, and it's also not really fair to just randomly throw Chinese teams in there when the season hasn't been going on. So. Yeah, it, it's also it's it's a weird situation because MSI, while it feels sort of meaningless, isn't technically because you're playing for your regional seed seating at Worlds. Yeah. So while while it sometimes feels a little meaningless, like in the grand scheme of things, it's not right. So it's why NA doesn't have three seeds automatically anymore. You know so. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to shake out. Um, there's a chance maybe we just see – they might have to adjust and do so- – I don't know. It's going to be weird. I, I don't know what they're going to have to do, but I guess we'll find out, right? Um, they're probably going to do some online stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the LPL – oh, yeah, that. Well, we could talk about that, too. The LPL Online Scrim League, I guess is whatever they're calling it. Um, yeah. Started – yeah, we'll call it the Online, the online League. <laughs> Which is basically just like a mini season that it's a it's a eight team scrim block and they're just gonna play each other uh, from the comfort of their their facilities I suppose and yep. just keep everyone safe. We saw the first pair of those games today was it was was JDG and E Star and Top and who who was it Top and Suning right Yeah yeah um, Wong Fang was... playing for Suning I don't know if you want a lot to of fun touch games on to watch. that yeah I mean look. <laughs> I was breaking your balls about this on Twitter this morning, but like, if you you want to see some clown, dude, you want to see something completely different than we've been seeing anywhere else in the world. Thank you, LPL. Thank you, LPL, for being you because I think there was like thirty kills in like a twenty-two minute game or something in one of the first games. Definitely a kill per minute for sure. I was just like, I was like, it's a welcome, uh, a welcome departure from the the current status quo, I guess. So. Uh, All right. And I don't know if that's just – I mean, it would not surprise you if that's just the way the LPL is going to function, in a, especially in a metagame like that. We talked about this a little before the cast. Like, I don't think that's a, a great – particularly great way to play in this current metagame, but it's certainly fun as hell to watch. So, 
Um, yeah, check those out. There's, there's, um, you can watch uh, the Chinese official, or it's not official, I guess, but you can watch the Chinese uh, broadcast, or um, I think Penguin Cast has been doing an English yep. broadcast of it. Um, so yeah, you can check that. I think it's, I think it's, I'll just look his Twitch up real quick. I think it's just Penguin Cast, Twitch.tv slash Penguin Cast. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Penguin Casts with an S at the end. I'll put that in the show notes, so if anyone's interested in watching that stuff. It's been pretty fun so far. I mean, we've only seen two games, so I don't know. we'll see. But if you need a little bit of taste of the LPL, or watch, <laughs> I think we've all been thirsty. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, it's nice to have some LPL back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, we didn't have any more reviews. Kind of a slow, slow, slow news week, slow action week. Uh, I have, I, I did some behind the scenes work, no, behind the scenes work on um, on line histories. I started compiling all the line histories for stuff for um, this season, and uh, I haven't. I've parsed some data out from it, but uh, maybe I'll go into that next week because I didn't like have a prepared statement for it. I'll try to have something more like format like formatted and set and actual relevant data and we'll have more of a sample next week too so um but yeah i started doing that this week and maybe we'll touch on that next week as a topic uh no listener reviews you guys are slacking i know it's been slow yeah, but on, slow on, slow times are the best times for reviews man <laughs> come on in i want i want I let me just double check to see if anything got posted just in the time and nothing nothing absolutely nothing, nothing. We have to up to, up to Annie. I got to figure out a prize. I know I've been saying that. Hey, Chris Chung is joining us at Prime. LOL. What's going on, Chris? Still putting his microphone on. There he yeah, is. Yeah, uh, the mic's gonna pick up the fan a lot, so I try to keep it on mute as much as possible. All but right, as you guys guys can see, new backdrop. Nice, nice. Hey. Move the office. I dig it. All right, Chris. So we uh we. You caught us just in time, basically. So we we, we we were talking about the MSI postponement. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Chinese Scrim League. And that's it. And the lack of listener reviews. Yes. That we was definitely bastard the, the listeners for not reviewing. So, I don't know. you have any, any comments on the uh, uh, LPL Scrim League or the MSI postponement? It just kind of is what it is. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, but honestly... Um... I think uh, we'll just keep in post with Cal because he's going to give us all the updates, right, Cal? Best league in the region, even scrims, championship Wong, level. Dude, Wong, the Wong Feng Affiliates play. I'm telling you. It, it was, look, look, I don't care how broken the champion is. It was a pretty dope play. It was I am on the Wong Feng hype. That's it's awesome. really, really good. So, yeah. That's all I care about. All right, cool. So, yeah, some bloody games. If you're looking for uh, some action, um, that's certainly a way to, to like actual action games. There's no action on these games that I believe that I saw. So, um, yeah, I don't know. If, unless you guys have any, uh, if you, unless you guys have anything else, any news? We talked a little bit about Vitality and their situation too, Chris. But like, it's not really a lot of news going on this week, unless we all missed something that you saw. Uh, this golden glue scare that everyone had about nothing. Because <laughs> yeah. his header on his Twitter wasn't the right team. Oh my god. Dude, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So, yeah, I guess we'll just hop into the slate. Keep it real bare bones, real boring this week. No, I'm just kidding. We'll keep it boring. We'll get into it. I like it. boring. BS. You hate boring. That's why you love the LPL, dude. Come on. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, you want to go backwards this week? There we go. We'll mix it up that way. Let's do backwards this week. We'll do NA first. How about that? Let's do it. All right. Let's do NA first. So Saturday, uh, the opening game is going to be, unless they flex the schedule, I don't know, uh, FlyQuest plus 300 against Cloud9 minus 450. Um, I don't know if anyone saw last week. I don't know who wrote. I think it was um, Kian Lim, or Kian Lam, um, who's been doing podcast with Jap, by the way. If you check that out, it's outstanding if you guys haven't listened to it. Um, it's called uh, The Jet Leasing Experience, JLXP. You can see it all wherever you get your podcast, and I think it's on YouTube, too. Um, that's right. I'm plugging other podcasts on this show, damn it, <laughs> all right? It is very good. So, yeah, it's, 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 just, good, it's just good material. And they, they were talking about how Cloud9, um, I think he did a, uh, I think Kim did a light-up, a write-up on how Cloud9 has, like, a 100K gold differential over the course of the season. That was before last <laughs> week. Which is just absurd. Like they're absolutely nuts, and I, I know North America isn't quite up to like the level of the other regions, but this is kind of looking like a like a New England Patriots situation, right? I don't want to jump to too many conclusions for like half of a spring split, but what's the what's the critique we always have on like good teams in weaker regions? It's like okay, like it's strength of competition, right? But when are we willing to budge and say that a team is actually good in those kind of regions? It's usually when they are far and away blasting those teams out of the water every single game and like actually like actually stomping instead of just going ten and zero. Yeah, like like Cloud Nine have not played a close game this split. Maybe one. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't had very many. However, and I'll get you guys takes on this, but for me, I'm not giving it as much relevance as I would give it normally because I think NA is really, really bad right now. And I, when I watch cloud nine games, I don't feel like I'm watching a team that can make a run at worlds and come top four or something. I just feel like they're playing against teams that are so bad that they look like superstars, but I I don't feel like I'm watching a team like, uh, like when I watched G2 last year when they were dominating Europe, I don't feel like I'm seeing the same thing when I watch cloud nine. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll pitch my counter argument to this first, which is, uh, I think if you if you look at the way they're playing and you look at the way the rest of the world is playing, like Cloud Nine are the fastest team on the planet right now. Like they're they're beating everyone in record time by record amounts. Like in that's that's every region. Now, of course, the other regions have more competition, but if you look at this, if you look at League of Legends as a whole right now, it's it's closer to 50... We talked about this a lot already. Like, everything is close... The current metagame, everything is closer to 50-50. It's very, very difficult for good teams to differentiate themselves from the pack, right? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just by design, just because of the way the game is right now. But Cloud9 are. So, like, I, I don't know what else this team needs to do. Like, I, I don't want to be convinced, but I think I am. Because like like I, I just look at I look at this team and I was like they're not going to beat like a G two or a Fnatic, but the way they're playing says otherwise. So I don't, I don't, I don't, go ahead. Just I, I think just winning quickly is like not enough. It has to be about the way the plays are going down, the way the setups are, whether or not you can see ways for other teams to punish it. And I feel like when I watch Cloud Nine, I see plenty of spots where other teams can punish things, and no one's doing it. And so. That's the sign to me that when they play against a G2 or a Fnatic, there's a pretty good chance those things are going to get punished, and they might not look anywhere near as good as they're looking right now. 
I do think that like the the cool thing with Cloud Nine is that they're 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 kind of checking the region, like yeah, kind of like uh, like Afrika did in Korea last year, right? Where they were like, "Listen, we're gonna play up tempo, we're gonna play fast," and we've seen so far this season that hasn't really been a good way to play generally, like for an average team, <laughs> even for a lot of good teams. Like, how many games have been this? Is the this is the Olaf conundrum the Olaf and Lucian conundrum again I, I, we're not going to go into this all over again but it's the Olaf and Lucian it's the it's the I mean LS calls it the center the center conundrum right where it's like yeah the center champions where they require your opponents to be make mistakes or your opponents to or you to get a large lead in order for them to be effective so there's a lower uh range of outcomes that are successful right so yeah. cloud nine I do agree with you, John. Like, there's been spots where, like, a better team's going to punish them, and they just haven't been yet. But I do like that they are just basically asking NA, like, yo, listen, you got to deal with this. Because – and it's good to see, like, a team having success with it. Because there hasn't been too many teams having success playing that way. Right? Like, we've seen upsets ha- – like, KT and Hanwha have been playing this way, right, in Korea. And I um, think there's an argument that FlyQuest has been yeah, playing Fly- that way. See, yeah. I actually think FlyQuest – FlyQuest are weird because I actually think EG have been playing more this way than FlyQuest have. It hasn't necessarily been working out for them. But, like, to me, FlyQuest are playing quickly but with scaling compositions. Mm. Whereas Cloud9, most of the time, they're not on superior scaling. Like, they're they're just boat racing people. Like, they're win lane, win game stomping people. And I don't know if it's just that their players are better and, like, all of their players have elevated over the course of the last, you know, six months or whatever. But, like, I don't know. It... Calvin, Chris, like, chime in here. Like, is, is Cloud9 unstoppable, or, are you know, is there some going to be somebody that comes along and exploits them? Like, the, the conversation they were having on, on Jat's show was, like, is this team going to go undefeated in the regular season? Like, what, like if you had to put a percent on, like, what this team's going to go, you know, it, it, whether they're going to go undefeated or not. Like, put a percentage on how many how – many, wh- whether they go undefeated, whether they lose one game, whether they lose two games or more. Like, just you know, off the top of your head. 90% they go undefeated, 10% they lose one game. I wow. Say now because I honestly think NA is just the worst region ever, in my opinion. And ever? Get out of here, dude. There's really no one on in that region can stop C9 as of now, even though they really don't know how – I mean, they don't – essentially know how to play the game right. Everyone knows how to play the game right. You know what I mean? I think it just comes to really just executing and just, just – like I said before, it's just all about drafting. I think they have a good understanding. I think their players are just a lot better than every other team. Maybe like one team will catch them off guard one day. It'll probably be like Team Liquid, um, but EG's kind of sloppy as well. I mean, they got a pretty good upside, but I, I don't know. They don't really like come out as like a really safe, smart-oriented team. And FlyQuest is going to fall off as well because they don't have any good upside as well. They're kind of just besides Viper. Besides Viper, exactly. You just need Viper to carry. That's all. So, yeah. 90%, they, they go undefeated. 10%, they lose one game. I, I think they're... I, I would. I expect them to lose two games. So, I, I don't think there's almost any chance that they go undefeated, personally. I'm with John here. I think... Um, I, I only give them about, like, maybe a 45% chance of going undefeated. Um 60 to 70 that they lose one game because, well, you know, an, an, anything can happen. Plus, by late season, if they're still undefeated, they probably didn't wouldn't matter if they dropped a game to uh, for seeding purposes. Uh, probably 
80% that they lose two games. Um, I'll, I'll just play with those odds. I think TL will eventually punish those mistakes that they'll make. Yeah, I, I kind of think they're going to settle like 16-2. and two. I don't know. Like... This is like to- I-, I just thought I'd put it out there. Like, I've- there's no there's no grounds or basis or or like anything like that for this. I was just asking it as like a hypothetical. Like, I don't know. I I don't think they're gonna go undefeated. It it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I wouldn't say it's likely at this point. I think honestly, I think they have about a fifty percent chance of losing a game this weekend. Yeah. Like on- honestly, they're How about- so let's 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 bring it all back full circle to yeah. Let's Flag talk about it on Saturday. Show. Yeah, I think there's a reasonable chance they lose this game. Like, they're definitely the favorites, but th- they're following the G2 cycle, man. Have you guys looked at these compositions they're drafting? Yep. They're drafting nothing but yep. weird, bad, like, Tom Kench compositions. And I, I think they're they're G2-ing it here. I think they're they're going to find a loss pretty soon here before they refocus and then probably take a legitimate loss against either TSM or Team Liquid later in the season. But I, I think there's a reasonable chance they lose a game this weekend doing some bad Tom Kench stuff. So uh, brass tacks, uh, like, do you think they're gonna lose doing like the no the no farm Senna or something like that? Yeah, just something like just doing something weird. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a specific strategy that I think they're gonna lose with. But they're just clearly branching out into the we're doing weird stuff now thing that G two does, and I think that they're not so good that they can get away with just playing the we do weird stuff strategy over and over again. So, like, are you going to be against them at all this week? Is yeah. 300 enough for you? Yeah, 300 is enough against FlyQuest for me. Uh, given that I think FlyQuest is playing very, very well this season, even though they don't have the talent that Cloud9 has, if they try to bust out the same kind of composition that they played last weekend, I think FlyQuest has a very real chance of beating them. Yeah, I, I took I took my shot against Cloud9 last weekend, and I've... It seems like this might be a better weekend to go for it, but like, I gotta, I gotta like take a look in the mirror and be like, okay, am I really gonna be chasing the Cloud Nine loss like the rest of the season? Because if that's eight more games of this, and I'm already in the hole, you know, a little bit on them, do I really even want to bother at this point? Like, maybe yeah. I just wait another week. I, I think FlyQuest is a good shot. FlyQuest is one of my favorite teams to to have a chance to beat them because they are playing pretty aggressively. And if you get a lead on Cloud9, we don't really know exactly how they react to being behind. Yeah, I mean, Blabber's everyone. and Blabber's not the kind of jungler that's known for being any good from behind. He's the opposite. He was known for being really bad when they were behind last season. So I don't know. I think if somebody gets a lead on them, it, it could open right up. All right. Anybody else on FlyQuest? Not no. me. Nope. Bueller. Nope. Right. What about you, Chris Junk? I am not taking FlyQuest for this one. If anything, what I learned from NA, they'll probably lose their next game, not this one, because this one makes too much sense. Yeah, that's a that's it's not a bad look either. Right, Chris is must must be must be tilted from NA. <laughs> He's right about how the season's been going. Though. If, if we learn anything from this season, they'll probably lose to hundred thieves. Yeah, whenever, right. they, whenever they play them, yeah. Well, I'm just, like, let me like I can pull. This is like part of what I've been doing with the um, the pulling line data and everything. So. Favorites are twenty nine and twenty one straight up. So that's like not factoring anything. Like just straight up favorites are twenty nine twenty one in the LCS so far through fifty games. For comparison, in Europe the favorites are thirty five and fifteen. Cool. So 
Interesting. And if you think about it, Europe has had a couple upstart teams that have, you know, bigger dogs, so to speak, that have really showed up. Um, just thought it was kind of interesting to look at. So, um, next up, we got Liquid minus one thirty eight, TSM plus one hundred. I like I like Liquid here personally. I, I think Liquid's found the footing. I don't know about. I, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on this, but I think Liquid's found the footing. I, I don't think they're going to lose very many more games this season. Uh, the issue I have with Liquid is is they're still kind of. That that Elise drip triggered me so much. Like, I, so like if you're gonna first pick Elise, pick lanes that can enable Elise. True. I understand you're trying to put Broxo on a comfort champion, get him acclimated, but it's like a weekend now. You know exactly how the game's played right now. You know Elise is, you know, boomer bust. And you know, I've talked about this. I know you guys are less okay with it than I am. I'm okay going boom bust as long as the whole team is is in philosophical alignment right if you're mm. gonna go for an early game snowball go for an early game snowball don't bullshit around don't beat around the bush right like like go for it if you're gonna play Olaf if you're gonna play Elise even Lee, Lee Sin's not quite as extreme in this situation but like even like Lee Sin uh, Lucian in a solo lane stuff like that if you're gonna play stuff like that play to win the lanes well I'm, su- I'm actually super with you on that I mean I hate those champions and I hate them being drafted in North America and we've talked about that before yeah. But what I, I do hate even way more if you're going to take a champion like an Olaf and then you pick scaling solo lanes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like your Olaf can't do anything at the beginning of the game, and then when the end game gets there and your Azir's popping off, you have a dead champion that does nothing on your team. Well, o- the thing with Olaf, see, Olaf and Elise, they, they function in the same realm of, like, their snowball champions, but they kind of function differently in practice. Meaning, like, for Olaf, Olaf just wants to find the enemy jungler and kill them. So does Elise. But Elise also has good gank assist. Olaf does not really. So, well, Elise is a good ganker and a good tower diver. Olaf can be a good diver. is not necessarily a great ganker. Um, because of the CC inherent in, in Elise's kit. So, with Olaf, typically what you want is two lanes that have priority. Uh, whether that's... Like, any two lanes. Or three, if you can get a draft that has three. And by priority, I mean, like, you want three wave, three lanes that can shove and control the wave better than the other laner can. So that you can stack waves to put a question, you know, put them to a question. Are you going to stay and catch this XP, or are you going to help your jungler before he gets killed? That's the whole strategy, right? That's what you do with Olaf. Same with, like, moving to do a dragon, or moving to take a Scuttlecrab, or a Rift Herald, whatever it happens to be, right? With Elise, there's a little bit of a different angle. Elise, you want to play lanes that can that can set, that can assist in a gank, or, like, you have double CC in a lane, basically. Yeah. Rise Elise, Twisted Fate Elise, um, whereas with, like, Olaf, you want something closer to, like, Azir or Syndra, something that can, like, control a wave or manipulate the wave, but, like, there's plenty of different combinations in all all the lanes that, that can set up an Elise, and they just, like, didn't. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're just gonna... The other thing is, too, like, fundamentally, they just played passive, like I'll give EG credit because they didn't give them any windows in those games, right? Like they or was it EG on Saturday? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if that was their second one. It was the first. Whoever they played in the first series. CLG. CLG. Or no, 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 no. It was who the they, one they, where they, got they lost to EG. Or... They lost to EG, right? Wait, are we talking? Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm We're talking Liquid. Right? They lost to they lost EG, right? Yeah. So like EG didn't like. I remember looking at that game and like reviewing it the next day. Like they didn't really give them too many windows. 
to take advantage of, but like Liquid also weren't pu- like they weren't pushing the issue at all. So I do think this team's going to get it together. I'm confident that they will. The players are just too good. The coaching staff's really, really good too. But like they've had some really suspect drafts, and I don't know if that's just that they're kind of playing whatever, trying to find their footing. But like I feel like that's an easy enough thing to point to and be like, oh, we messed up. We'll fix that for next time. The players on this team are still really good. This team's going to be good. I actually still think this team's going to win win the split. I think so, too. Like, eventually. It, do, it doesn't look like it right now. Cloud9 look like they're dominant, but it, like, it would not surprise me at all to see, honestly, Liquid, TSM, or Cloud9 win the split. Because I think I'm, TSM has looked pretty sharp, too. I, I have not felt sharp on TSM. They've They've gone on a run of wins, but I still see way too many moments from them where they're ahead and then the game just stalls out and they don't do anything and they just sit back and they like counter engage, but they're not actually doing anything themselves. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on them yet either. Yeah. I think, I think TSM are kind of taking a more origin approach to things where it's like they evaluate every game state and be like, do we have to push this advantage? Whereas there's some teams that even if it's not like technically correct or optimal or whatever, like they're going to push an advantage. It's just the way they play, whether it's confidence, whether it's the, the attitudes and, you know, character of the players they're playing, you know, they have some teams are just going to put their foot on the throat. Cloud nine has been exceptional at that, right? Yeah. Some teams are just going to put their foot on the throat and end the game, right? Other teams are going to be a lot more slow, methodical, make sure they don't mess it up. TSM are kind of like that. And maybe they're going to get punished for that sometimes, but I do agree that there's been some windows where they just haven't punished when they could be. And, like, it's not that aggressive in those situations to punish. I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. I'll, I'll have to dig it out later. But, like, I don't know. I, I still think I think TSM are a pretty good team. And I, I think the most important thing with TSM is they understand the big picture right now. Like, TSM understand this is the way League of Legends is right now, and this is what we should be doing. And they're doing that. TSM aren't drafting Elise to, to try to steal all the game. TSM are going to play Orn every game. They're going to play Orn or Soraka if it's up. Uh, they're going to play a team that's got good scaling. They're going to have their solo lanes do really, really well. Sven's, or what's his name, has been out of his mind. Like, they've been playing really, really well. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think TSM have the right idea. I don't know if they're quite as good as Liquid and Cloud9, so I don't know if I should put them in that ballpark, but I think they're going to be competitive with those two. Like, do we think anyone's going to be in the echelon of those three? Is FlyQuest there? Is FlyQuest no. going to stay there? Uh, I no, honestly think it's still the top three of TSM, T9, Team Liquid. Not in that order, but just, you know those top three teams. So TSM Liquid is is minus one thirty eight on Liquid. Like yeah, I, I don't I know, like man. It. Like. Uh... This feels like a pass. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to get it. This is weird. It's one of those spots where I don't think we're ever going to get a number like this again for Liquid, like, the rest of the season. But at the same time, like, I'm not that confident yet. Yeah, I think I like Liquid at 138. <clears throat> it's not a it's not a number I think I want to pass up in yeah, this matchup. I, I feel think, like I'm not going to pull TSM yet. I think I am going to pass on this. Like, because, like, it, I, I'm with you that I think Liquid is gonna turn the corner like probably this weekend honestly it wouldn't surprise me if they just like smash both games this weekend but yeah I don't I don't know uh I I think I'm just gonna pass because like I, I don't want to see another release like I don't want to see another draft like that like that's <laughs> th- that's been my problem this whole season it's like there's these teams that I want to like and then they do something like that 
Like in every region, every region's been that way. Where it's like, oh, this team, this team is clearly better, and then they let Soraka through, or this team is clearly better, and they're blue side, they don't first pick Orn. Like it's just like, or they'll take like Set first pick and pass Orn over. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like what? What's like? It's not always about the numbers and the win rates and all that, because obviously all that stuff requires context. And we've discussed this ad nauseum, right? But, like, there's plenty of champions that have, like, a 45% win rate with a large sample size, and that doesn't mean it's a bad champion. There's plenty of champions that have a 55% win rate over a large sample size. That doesn't mean they're the best champion. It just means that they happen to win on that, you know, in that situation more often than not. Sometimes it is just cut and dry. Like, to me right now, Orn is cut and dry. The character's just super overtuned. It's going to get worse in 10.4 because they didn't nerf him for some ungodly reason. Who knows? <laughs> Dude. Orn got... For those that don't know, in the they're not playing on this patch yet. They will be next week. Orn is buffed on this patch. Why? <laughs> yeah, he's he's already... not literally buffed. All of his items got buffed. Why? <laughs> anyway. So he's going to just be permabanned, so maybe there's not the Orn factor anymore. But I don't know. Like, there's always teams that play chicken. That's what I – like, I hate it. Like, everyone's like, oh, we're smarter than everyone else. We can solve this puzzle. And they just get smashed by, like, 100 thieves playing Orn. Like, that's the thing. Like, I know – I mean, just some anecdotal experience. Like, I, I've been playing – I played Clash this weekend. I play in a league with my team. And we're at the point now where, like, my top laner is – my top laner is, like, a carry player. He can play the tanks and everything, and he's, like he's, – he's the highest rated player on our team, right? And he hates it. And it's to the point now where it's like, dude, I'm just, I just have to play Orn. Like, I hate it. Like, we just have to first pick it. We just have to ban it from Reds, from, from Red Side. Like, there's just no excuse. Like, I've been playing it mid lane. Yep. I'll play it blind mid lane. I don't care. I'll be down 50 CS and be more useful than the other guy. Like, that's, that's how busted it is right now. But anyway, that's an Orn digression. So you guys are on Liquid. I'm passing this game. I, I I don't. I'm not. I, I want to see more first. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'm not. I'm not putting my money on the line with it. I think one thing that'll maybe sway you. I'd stay with you. I think this is a very close game mm-hmm. in and of itself because of the draft by TL's issues. But TSM has their issue of their own. They they had kill leads, but when you look at the goal, they couldn't really build that lead in their first game, whatever that was who they were playing against, and they almost lost that game because they couldn't build a goal lead. Just know that this team can throw the game mid-game. And then the caster mentioned something that was very interesting. Even in games that they win, they gave up Dragon Soul to the other team. How do you do that? How do you keep on winning? That That is not a sustainable winning. Uh, this is an and issue I have with the game right now, which is that, like, I guess we should just dive. We should just digress on this topic because it's going to come up in every region we talk about. And the game right now is in... Are you going underneath the scaling or are you playing the scaling? There's only two options right now, as far as I'm concerned. And that's like kind of big picture, always the case, right? If you think about it, right? Yeah. You like in the past, there's been like, oh, you can play scaling, but you can play lane dominant scaling, or you can play team composition scaling, or you can play like, you know, playing around the jungle, playing around this. Like, there's different ways to do it. Right now, it's very binary, right? Like, it's, it's this or that. And one of them has a much higher win rate than the other, and one of them is a lot harder to do than the other, right? So you end up in these situations where if you just like get behind against a tempo team, you just give them the soul and hope it's not a hope it's not an infernal or you know it's hope it's not an infernal or mountain soul or an ocean soul. Hope you draw the cloud, 
right? <laughs> or you give them three dragons, try to steal one at some point, and use that dragon as a five minute like we bought five minutes off the clock, right? Uh, good good example of this was like uh, I think it was Sunday the the Hanwha or the Afrika KT series. Um, game one KT draft like literally like Nautilus mid Blitz crank like just this all in like early early mid game team. And Afrika were like, oh, yeah, we stole a dragon. They, they got a dragon. And they had, like, stalled the game out, and they just kept fighting into it. And they absolutely did not need to. They could have just, like, slapped the wrist, walk away, and just scale up. And they were not going to lose. There was, they were already outscaling them. And they just kept taking fights because, yeah, it, that's, like, a good example of, like, the way the game is right now. Where If you, you can all you want think that, like you can just give up whatever, as long as it's not like a key soul or Elder Drake, you can just give it up until you outscale the enemy team if they're playing an inferior scaling team. So I think like we've seen a lot in the LCK, we see it a lot with like TSM. Um, TSM oftentimes have a better scaling team. Like almost every game this season, they've had a better scaling composition. So a lot of times they'll have a two K gold lead, and they don't feel the need to push that lead because they don't know. Like a lot of times they don't know. Like they don't have to. I do think there's windows that they've missed. Yeah, that, I mean like, they lost very the risky. Quest. Yeah, they lost the quest because they had a six k gold lead and they just sat on their laurels forever and ever and ever until something bad happened to them. I I do think that like that is like their percentage play. Like don't give your opponent windows back into the game. The thing is like you need to be disciplined enough and clean enough as a team to not give them that. Like so. It's all well and good. Like, the outscaling thing is all well and good and, and all fine. But if your team isn't, like, perfect, like, if you are not mistake-free, you're going to just lose some games sometimes because, like, you punted. You you might have waited 35 minutes and you were in full control of the game and you made one mistake and you lost it. Yeah. Which is a big reason why I've been on underdogs recently. So, um, yeah. So, I, I know we this is, we're two games into this slate. I know. <laughs> We've already digressed a bunch, but... These are, like, bigger picture points that I probably should have talked about before we dove into the slate, but I'm glad that we got reminded of because they pertain to all these different things, and we're going to reference them as we get through the rest of this slate. So I'm off this game. John's on Liquid. Chris, you're on Liquid. Calvin's on – Calvin, are you on Liquid or TSM? I'm passing this game as well. Passing, same. Okay, got it. Next up we have Golden Guardians, plus 110, Immortals, minus 150. This is weird, right? <laughs> Uh, I think the the lines are still recovering a little bit from the early season. I do think I like Golden Guardians in this spot. This is like closer to a fifty fifty than than this, right? Like... Yeah, I would agree. So I think Immortals is coming back down to earth. Is this the two best junglers in the league? No, I think Smithy is not among the best junglers in the league. I disagree. Right after we had that conversation, where you were like. You were like, isn't Nick Smithy the best player in this game? And I was like, no. And you were like, yeah, he's got to be the best. And then he went like 0-6 and just missed everything and just got absolutely flawed. <laughs> he's like, had he one terrible. bad game this whole split, dude. <laughs> he's, he's had one he's, bad game the whole split. Yeah, I mean, he's been fine. Who's better? I have a, or Blabber? Like, Closer? Blab, Blabber's better. Closer or Blabber? Closer's better. Closer Rockstar? Smithy. And about... Dardock. Dardock's pretty close. That's a that's a. Oh, Dardock, by the way. Oh, they they talked about this on 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 Jat show too. <sighs> like, Dardock has been like he's just had like the soul read every <laughs> single game. If you watch their games, watch like the first like fifteen minutes and watch the pings on the mini map. 
And Dardoch has literally tracked every single jungler exactly where they're at at exactly the timing every single game. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane, actually. Like, I know, like, some of these things are deterministic, and they're doing a lot of work to make that the case. So it's yeah. not like, oh, my God, this dude's, like, this giant big brain whatever. But it's every single game. And he showed a number of different looks, number of different champions. He's played the Pantheon jungle. Like, there's all sorts of stuff he's shown. Dardoch's playing really, really well this season. Yeah. And on maybe he's back and forth. Does NA just have good junglers now? Like, what happens? Uh, for NA, I mean, NA's got good junglers. That is true, I guess. But, like, here's the thing. Like, to me, the, all of these guys have been differentiating themselves in a metagame where jungle is, like, I mean, I guess this patch is better. But, like, the beginning of the season, jungle was, like, such a non-factor. Yeah, that's in true. the game, and there's still all of these guys are still differentiated. Like maybe that's a sign of things to come. I don't know. Maybe you want to be on the teams that have the good jungler. I don't. Just the yeah, point. we talked about that a couple yeah. of weeks ago. I was yeah. saying that like I think that as the jungle, like bad teams with good junglers was a good place to put your money right now because yeah. junglers are kind of making a comeback here. That was the ten point three play, right? That was like, mm-hmm. when the XP got changed and all that. So yeah, um, I-, I like Golden Guardians in this spot, and I- and I've actually been a fan of Immortals. Like I think they're. I think everyone knows that they're overrated. Like, I guess, like, the Joe Joe Public doesn't think they're overrated. But, like, anybody that watches competitive league and has been for a while and, like, is in the know even a little bit tends to think that this Immortal seems way overrated, like, way w- worse than their record. I don't think they're that much worse than their record. But I do think they're worse than their record. Yeah, yeah I think they're among the worst teams in the league. They're not the worst team, but I think they're, like, among the worst teams in the league. I think they're way better than, like, 100 Thieves. Yeah, they're better than 100 Thieves. I mean, Ika has not been very good at all uh, for my money. Uh, who and who is... Dude, who's the worst team in NA? It's 100 Thieves, probably. I actually do think it's 100 Thieves. Yeah, it'd, it'd have to be. I'm going to go with CLG. No, it's 100 Thieves. I agree. I, think I, don't, think, I, think Medios and Re- I don't think Rioma... I don't think... Honestly... I was hoping Rioma would be a lot better than what he is. How about, like, second half of the season? Like, ignore the first half. Ignore what happened in the first half. Who's going to be the worst team in the second half? Probably yeah. 100 Thieves, too. Yeah, probably 100 Thieves. I actually think 100 Thieves. I actually also think it might just be CLG. I think CLG, like, I, I want to think this team's going to turn it around, and I'm sure they're not going to finish, like, you know, with, like, two wins or whatever, but I don't know if they're going to get to, like, five. CLG looks bad, dude. There's only eight games left. Yeah, I, are they gonna win I, half their games the rest of the season? I'd have to look at their. I haven't looked at their matchups. I have to look at their matchups because I think they're definitely capable of getting some wins now. I think if CLG played 100 Thieves tomorrow, I would just take CLG. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, speaking of 100 Thieves, uh, are we all? So I'm on Golden Guardians. John's on Golden Guardians. Are we all on Golden Guardians here? Yep. I'm going to take a rare no bet. No? I just don't know. I just don't know the Golden Guardians. Um, Matchup with two good junglers. That game should actually be pretty interesting. Uh, 100 Thieves plus 110. Evil Genius is minus 150 to end Saturday. Give me EG. Yeah, give me EG at minus 150. Yeah. There's not a lot of favorites I'm taking in the current state of League of Legends. Like, I'll take small favorites, but I- I'm not taking a lot of large favorites unless there is a massive disparity in ability. But, like, 
EG looked pretty good to me. Yeah, EG, I think, is still really not coming to their own as far as, like, they still don't seem like they're playing like a team. Jizuke still seems like he has a different idea about what he wants to do than the rest of the team. But they have a lot of talent. They have a decent idea of how they're supposed to be playing. They're, the, like, the biggest team that I'm really waiting to catch on. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for them to kind of get, get it gelling and move up the rankings. Isn't it weird that this isn't, like, a more inflated number? Yeah, it's a pretty low number. Because of the liquid win. They're not getting a lot of love in general right now on, like, almost any of the fantasy sites I've looked on and stuff. EG's not getting a lot of love. I'm I'm in on EG here. Like, 150 150 is a large favorite for me to play in a best of one unless there's, like, a giant thing, like, a giant difference this season. And I think I'm going to pay it here. I like EG. I like EG yeah, the rest of the way out. I could see them going like five and three, ten this season. Like yeah. yeah, I like. Are they going to sneak well. into the playoffs? Or are they going to miss? I haven't like started thinking that far ahead. They should sneak in. I mean, they're tied for playoffs right now. So if we think they're going to be better for the rest of the season, I'd say Immortals drops out, uh, Hundred Thieves drops out, and Evil Geniuses and Team Liquid take their place. Yep. That mean you think Dignitas is making playoffs? <laughs> I think Dignitas is making the playoffs. I do. Oh my god! Speaking of Dignitas, I feel kind of similarly about Dignitas and Immortals, except that I like Dignitas's bottom lane a lot better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I think Dignitas. See, I like I like the jungle more, and I think that's a big difference. Yeah, I mean Dignitas's jungle is definitely their weakness, and when they play against teams with good jungles, Grig tends to get blown up. But I don't know. I think I actually like Immortals. We just saw. We honestly saw Odhuni last game. So (laughs) continues doing that. I don't think Dignitas can make the playoffs. Uh, Next up Sunday, we got Hunter Thieves plus one seventy five, Liquid minus two fifty. I'm passing. Yeah, Yeah, no, no bets for me. I I still don't trust Liquid enough to lay. I don't trust Liquid enough to lay two fifty. I don't care who they're against, unless it's like me. Uh, FlyQuest oh, minus uh, Chris. Anything? No. That's Same too, too rich, no right? Way. Yeah. Like, it's too rich. how are like? I was trying to think. Like, oh, they haven't released the pricing for this yet. But like, how have Liquid been priced in DFS? Are they like at the top of the table? Or are they kind of in the middle now? Because everyone's usually at the top. That's one of the things. I'll just side tangent. Yeah, but that's one of the things that's been so annoying for me all year. Is that no matter how badly these teams do all the fantasy sites and stuff keep pricing them like they're huge favorites. And so it's made it like annoyingly hard to play some of these teams when I want to play them because even though the team's like two and four, they're still the most expensive team on the slate. It's like, you want to ride the roller coaster and catch it on on the trip up. When they're down, I want to grab them and and start playing them. I can't do it. Yeah. 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 There you go. Sounds like shocker, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's just been, it's been really annoying for me in general that they like refuse to price these teams lower, lowly when they're doing badly. So I haven't gotten to play a lot of teams I wanted to play so far this season. FlyQuest minus one thirty-eight, Dignitas plus one hundred. I like FlyQuest. 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 Yes. Me FlyQuest. Yeah, I think minus one thirty-eight is fine That's for me. Like right think... there for me. Like I almost just want to pass this because I I kind of think these two. T- I think FlyQuest is better. I don't know if they're that much better. I think it's a really bad stylistic matchup for Dignitas in my mind because yeah. Froggen is Froggen's their best player. And Poe has been the best player on FlyQuest along with Santorin. Hey, John, one second. Did I just hear that right? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I got to call you on that. Did I just hear you say that Froggen is their best player? Dignitas. Yes. Yeah. 
Can you say that is again there, for me? So that is I there can, somebody else? For the people in well, the back. Can, can I hear I mean, that again? I guess you could argue that it's Hooney, but I, I think it's I think it's been Froggen this season. Wow. So, given I'm going to cut that out of context and just meme the shit out of it. Like, I got to <laughs> like... You got to combine it with my take on the other team, which is that Power of Evil has been their best player. Yo, Power which is of another, Evil has been nails another, this season. He's but that's been another really guy good. I've, I've been memeing on for two years when he was awful, but he's been their best player too. And it's so like I the think, anti-John series. Now yeah, we just need who are we missing from this? Uh, well, Mithy retired. Yeah, Mithy retired. retired. Yeah. If retired, so a lot of my a lot of the guys I've been memeing on. Soaz, if Soaz makes another yeah. big comeback, but. No, I just think it's a bad stylistic matchup for Dignitas because their strength coming out of the mid lane is countered by the fact that FlyQuest's mid-jungle is their strength and Dignitas's weakest player is the jungle. So it's like they can't take advantage of their mid-strength because their mid-jungle is so dominated. So I think it's a it's a really good type of matchup for FlyQuest, I even though f- I don't... I don't think FlyQuest is as good as their record, but I think that this is a good matchup. I think, the, I think this this top lane is like super volatile. Like if whoever wins this top lane is going to smash this top lane. Like that's how it <laughs> yeah. feels to me. I don't know. I just don't see Hooney winning it though. To be honest with you, I wonder. Like I'd have to look at side selection for this game because if like FlyQuest get a counter pick for Viper, that could be nuts. I don't know. Let's see. I like FlyQuest, but like that's like on the edge of like I don't know if I would t- like I lay one fifty with Evil Geniuses because I think they're enough better, but like. The cur- the game in its current state, I don't want to play favorites. Like, I just don't. Like, it's too easy to just, like, flip tails when you flip a coin. We, like, that's that's the issue I've been having recently. We, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but just to be, like, I have a little transparency also for the for the listeners is um, a lot of these matches, when I say that I'm, like, that I want to take a team, a lot of times I'm not actually betting those teams until draft. Draft has yeah. been so important this series, though, this season – that even if I really like a team at 138, a lot of times I'm not going to bet them until I see the draft. And then I can still get 138 on them during the draft. And if nothing goes crazy, I'll bet them. But a lot of times I've ended up like talking about a pick on the on the podcast and then not betting it or even taking the other side if the drafts are, are really yeah, they, wild one way or they another. first pick set and, and leave Soraka up. It's like, oh, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's been a lot of spots like that this season where I talked about a pick I liked on the pod and then didn't end up actually betting it because of the way the draft went. So full transparency, this is just what I think, you know, not including that, but you should definitely be looking at drafts this season. Teams are botching drafts so hard. Yeah, Dude, I I want to say like on ten four, it's actually going to like simplify things. Like, or you just can't let this champion get in the game on ten four. You're yeah, just not going to be able to like unless there's like some insane counter pick that like somebody has come up. Maybe it's like Nasus or something stupid. I don't know. Like, I will say Nasus is a good solo Q counter. But... Yeah, like I mean, we've seen the singed already. Singed can be pretty good. Like. But Singe got changed too. Like he's anyway. Anyway, I'm digressing. A lot of digressions. Yeah. <laughs> CLG plus three fifty two. Are we all on FlyQuest here? Yeah, we're yeah. on FlyQuest here. Uh, they're like on the red side, by the way. The red side. Oh, that means they might leave up Orin, dude. <laughs> nah, ten four, ten four. They're not going to pass ten four. They're, they're, I'm going to convince myself that they're not going to. I'm going to convince. I'm going to convince myself that these coaches are going to recognize how stupid this is. And adapt. <laughs> I hope. You know what? And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. This is what it is. Um, CLG plus three fifty. TSM minus six hundred. 
That's I'm passing yeah. on this one. Big number. I'm passing on this one. Yeah, CLG intrigues me a little bit here. I don't think yeah. I'm going to end up betting it, but it intrigues me a little bit at 350. That's, That's a, a big, big number. Big number in best of ones, people. Yeah, but I haven't been super impressed with TSM. Will the draft sway you? This is also waiting until. Yeah, yeah th- this is a spot where the draft could sway me to CLG. I'm never touching minus 600, but if I, if I felt like CLG really won the draft, I'll take plus 350 on him here. Um, Golden, I'm in the same spot. Uh, Golden Guardians plus 137. Evil Genius is minus 188. It's too much. It's too much for EG. I think EG are going to win this. I, I might take a. I might be like half halfway on Golden Guardians just because the number. Again, yeah, I think I, 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 again, this is another case of like, yeah. everything is so inflated right now. When I, I legitimately think the game is so much closer to fifty fifty. So like. It feels bad saying, like, okay, this is going to be my pick or whatever, but I, I really do think over the course of a long season, if, you, if you're if you taking value when you see it in North America, and North America's have, like, the best value to attack, right? If you're taking value where you see it, you're going to end up better off than just, like, laying big juice with these favorites and getting crushed every time they lose. Like, yeah. It's it, that's just been the case, like, and I just think until the game changes, maybe it will in a couple patches. But like in the current state of the game, like I'm just, it feels boring. It honestly does. It feels boring. Where it's just like <laughs> I'm on Golden Guardians. They're an underdog that's over a buck twenty. Like, give me, give me that. Like, are they a functional team? Yes. Do they have some good players? Yes. All right, give me them. I don't care. Like, unless they're <laughs> against an elite team, I'm gonna take the dog every time. And it feels boring and predictable, but. I've been doing pretty. I've been all right in NA. So, uh, Monday Night League, Dignitas plus three thirty three. Cloud Nine minus five hundo. Yeah, I was betting it again. I'm passing. I think Cloud Nine's better than Dignitas. Any any time that that Cloud Nine takes these like Tom Kench drafts, I'll play their opponent at these kinds of numbers. If they if they draft normally, I won't I won't play Dignitas in this matchup. But if if they draft something weird and do weird stuff, I don't have any problem taking Dignitas at three thirty three. First pick Elise, yeah, I'll See, take. The Dignitas. thing is, Cloud Nine will play to the Elise. That's the thing with them. But there's, there's still a chance that they just don't wrong. snowball. Yeah, there's too many things yeah. you need to play like on a knife's edge and make it work, which is why I'm always so impressed by teams that play that way. It's why I was so impressed and I was so pissed that Afrika didn't get to go to Worlds last year because they played that way. Yeah. Like, they were, like, a tempo team. Like, they would they would be, like, they were, like, Fnatic. Fnatic was like that, too. We're, like, listen, we're going to pick Lee Sin and try to snowball on you, and we're going to do it, like, 90% of the time. <laughs> so, release. Brox is release. That's why, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm tempted a little bit, but like, dude, I, like I said, like I I don't want to play this game where I'm guessing Cloud Nine every week and just like I hit two of them for the rest of the season, and I, I if I go two and eight against Cloud Nine, it's not profitable. If I go four and eight, it's getting there, depending on the. Yeah, they got what? They have eight games four and six. Yeah, four and so four. You, yeah, you need to hit like two of these. If if they're going to keep putting these numbers on Cloud Nine's opponents, you need to hit two of them to be profitable. Yeah, if it's like so, three, yeah, three hundred or more, or two fifty or more, or whatever, like. I think there's better. I think there's going to be better spots. Yeah, with this one, I'd have to see the draft. I'm going to take FlyQuest as long as there's not something egregious in the draft. I'm going to bet FlyQuest. Dig- but oh, Dignitas, you mean? No, I'm going to take the day before or two days before. I'll take FlyQuest as long as there's oh, nothing. Oh, FlyQuest against C9 and then Dignitas against C9. And then in, so you think yeah, FlyQuest and then in, is a better team. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
Last game of the week, CLG plus 162, Immortals minus 225. Uh, I like Immortals, and I think CLG looks like a dumpster fire, but, like, <laughs> they looked okay with Poe Belter. They just outclassed. Like, he's new. He stepped in, like, four days before the games or whatever. Like, they looked okay given that. Like, if you consider that and how bad they've looked, they actually looked okay. I think they definitely look better. Yeah. yeah 100%. Um, I do like, think that CLG probably is better than Immortals. Obviously, it doesn't look at like it now, but I think after a week of practice with Paul Belter, I think they'll go back, get back to it. It's enough yeah. of a number. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I like CLG here. I'm, I'm, tempted. I'm definitely not playing Immortals here. I'm just going to yeah, have to sure. think about CLG, I guess. So, All right, that's NA. Um, Europe or Korea next? Europe. Europe. Europe, yeah. That's, Europe. That's... We'll stick with good regions. And... <laughs> I'm not going to go into this. We've already run out of time. Shalka, plus 275, origin minus 400. Yeah, I did. when I said that, I forgot that this weekend is like a whole bunch of really lopsided. Yeah, this is, this is not a gonna really be shitty exciting. slate in Europe this weekend. Like, there, there are, there's a couple of good spots, but it's a lot of blow. I like the next game. Does anybody want anything in this game? Yeah, no, I don't think so. No. I like Excel, plus one fifty against Rogue minus two hundred. Yeah, I almost made this another double, like parlay with Excel. Oh, to be uh, oh wow! But honestly, I, I'm negative in in my in my picks of the week, so I decided to play it safer. But yeah. I like Excel in both their matchups this weekend. Uh, to me, Excel is like as good as both of these teams. I think they have less upside than both. Like, to, for those that don't know, Excel play Mad Mad Lions on Saturday, and it's the same odds plus one fifty minus two hundred. So, I think Excel are better than that number, and I think they're closer to this team. I think Rogue and Mad Lions both have more upside than Excel does, but I think Excel have not been too great the last couple weeks, and I think they're going to learn a lot from. They've had some really sketchy drafts, and won some and lost some, but. I, I mostly just think they're better than this number. I think I think this is really close to 50-50. This is like value bet central for me on both of them this weekend. They're probably only going to get one. I don't see them winning both. But like you, you take both, you're going to profit at plus 150 for both of them. I try to decide which one I wanted to do because I, I was, th- like I said, considering doing the parlay of both of them as my pick of the week. And Rogue... I almost went with Rogue because Rogue has underwhelmed me the most. Yeah. Uh, in recent weeks of the of the like t- of the teams that I thought were like playoff level teams, they've underwhelmed me. Their style in winning has been like extremely conservative. When they're losing, they've played the like runaway game where they just give stuff up. And, and... Does, Ro- does Rogue feel a little bit like Damwon to you, where they're just like they make stupid mistakes? Yeah, I just haven't been overall impressed with Rogue at all in their last couple games. And so I ended up going with Mad because I still think Rogue is probably better than Mad. But, I, yeah, I think either one of these are extremely winnable for XL. I like XL quite a bit. Like, these these should be, like, plus 110, minus 130 or something like that, right? Yeah, I think it should be closer. Like, XL should be a small dog, not a 150 dog. Yeah. And, like, again, just to clarify, like, that, that doesn't mean they're going to – like, they could O2 this weekend. I still am not going to feel bad about that. That's, like, so that's too much value. You're good. I mean, I, I capped them as small dogs against both these teams. 
just because I I mean honestly I think against Rogue I like the the matchup against Rogue better for the same reasons you said John where Rogue just like I don't know, they just have like a weird funk about them. I don't know. Like it feels like they're still finding their footing. Like I'm confident that they're going to. But if it, it feels still feels like they're kinda like they feel a little bit like sandbox where they get behind in games, they don't know what to do. Yeah, and they've they've drafted some compositions that ended up winning that I wasn't a big fan of. I didn't yeah. like their yeah. like Yumi has been powerful recently, but I didn't like Yumi in their last comp that they had, um, with all squishies. Yeah. I mean, Aatrox's not necessarily a squishy, but you know, he's he's not a ta- a real tank either. I was not a huge fan of that. Yeah, I just think something feels like they're going to fall down on Rogue. I'm not impressed with the way they've been playing. Chris? Uh, yeah, this one should be closer to the point, but I, I agree with all that you mentioned. I still think I'm going to lean Rogue. The value is good, though. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, like, on both of Excel's, man. We'll just knock them both out at once, I guess, because they play Excel's Saturday. Thing. Just one small thing. I don't know what it is, but they're missing one thing, and I'm more excited about them in the summer than I am for the rest of spring. See, oh, so you think they have more upside than we do? Because like I, I'm looking at them as like excels, like excels like even with them now, and I think Rogue and, and Mad are both going to be better come summer. But I like excel right now. Cal, like, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think I like excel right now. Uh. Just I just have a weird feeling. Just sometimes Rogue just I don't know. It's not their drafting. It's just stylistically they kind of just play. I feel like they play two different ways in my opinion. You just don't know what like day like. It's kind of weird. It's just like you just don't know like what Rogue is gonna show up that day. Yeah, I do get a little bit of that vibe, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, next up we have Fnatic minus two seventy five. Misfits plus two hundred. Dude. This is so weird. Like, what is the, the what is the timeline that's going? Like, all right, are misfits? So, I guess wh- where do we start with this? Are misfits actually good? I I think I'm willing I to admit that misfits I was wrong, good, and misfits are actually good. I'm not laying this money for misfits. Define define good is is my. I th- I don't think this is that far off of correct. I think I think you could you could lean a little bit. I, I think you could drop Fnatic a little bit, and it'd be a like, better. Should this line. be like the last match? Two hundred one fifty minus two hundred plus one fifty. I think two twenty five plus one seventy might be a little bit fair, but I still I do think that Misfits is uh, not as good as their record and should lose handily. But are Misfits better than you thought they were before the season? And yes, how much for better? sure. And how much better? Like, are they way better than you thought they were going to be, or are they just better than you thought they were going to be? Uh, they're just a little bit better. Okay. They're uh, they're def like strongly agree, agree, neutral, strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah, I think they're they're slightly, we're doing a focus group here. <laughs> they're slightly better than I thought they were going to be coming into the season, but I still am not buying into this. Like, is Misfits one of the best teams in Europe? I'm not buying in. I'm not buying into that at all. Continuing with the Misfits focus group, Calvin, what do you think on Misfits? <laughs> Are they better than they thought they were going to be? Or are they way better I, I than you thought, thought they were going to be? I thought they were better than they were going to be, in my opinion. Like, I is this real? Are they, like, the third best team in Europe or something? Or fourth best team in Europe? Or second best team in Europe? Why well, don't I say second? Because that's... I'd say... Are they better than Origin? Nah. I don't think so. Origin's too clean. They did show a little bit of weird, uh... Weird, their weird style last week, but... 
Not better than Origin for sure. Uh, I'll have a S4. I'm actually, so actually going to go ahead and pull up our preseason rankings yeah. for these. I have, I, I have it pull, I, I'm on the page right now. Calvin, you had Misfits in seventh in the D tier. Where yeah. are they now? Uh, fourth in the B tier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have Do you have them ahead of Rogue and Excel and Mad yes. Lions? Yeah, I do. Chris, what about you? Chris, you had. Chris, you had Misfits dead last in the dead F tier. Heated on them, told you that they wouldn't win a single game. And... <laughs> <laughs> the my classic. Life. My life. That, was a, that was a reasonable, like, it was still a hot take, but that was a much more reasonable take after week one. They looked awful in week one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think this is about the time where they run out of steam. I think they've been running on steam most of the time. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, not a dude, I don't know, man. Like, they've done a I lot of stuff they where they legitimately looked good. But, like, he, all right, so Misfits are one of these weird teams. Mad Lions has kind of been the case with this, too. But I think Misfits are, are – Misfits are weird. Because I think Misfits had a really bad week one. Then I, I don't want to say they got lucky, but they, they sort of stomped on some teams that didn't know what was going on for a little while. And then I actually think that they've been good, like, the last two weeks. Like, actually good? So I think they had, like, a bad week one, way overrated week two, way overrated week three. They're actually good week four, and they're actually good week five. So I don't know where to be with this team. I think they're good. I like, think, they, I think, I think they're, they're good. I think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. I, are they the, – I guess the thing is, like, like let's look ahead. Like, do, do we want to try to forecast when this team falls down, or do we just want to wait and see? I guess is, like, the question, right? For the clientele, where are we gonna, what are the uh, like? So where are we gonna be with this? Like, because I think fanatic, fanatic feels like they're just gonna little brother the shit out of this game. They're just gonna stomp misfits and be like, "Yo, welcome to welcome to Earth," you know? Like that's they're gonna be like Will Smith, right? Welcome to Earth and Independence Day, right? <laughs> it kind of feels that way, but like I don't want to like two seventy five at a best of one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not paying two seventy five. I think the only real debate here is if you think that there's value. In is there a, is there a spot on misfits? I kind of think yeah. But like I, I mean, I'm not gonna do it. There's this is one of those spots where I think there's value on misfits, but I'm I don't have I don't have the balls to do it. <laughs> like I'm not, there's, I'm not doing it. I'm just treating misfits like I don't think you need to to decide like are they really good like they were here or really bad like they were there. I think they're just a mediocre team. Like I just treat them like they're are they just a middle of hot? The pack team. Yeah, I, I treat them like a middle of the pack team, which is what I think they are, like a sixth place team. And so I just treat them like, you know, an XL or a Mad Lions or a Rogue when I'm looking at, like, how I value them. Does it feel to anyone else like nobody has tried to punish for Biven at all? Not well enough. Like, no. it, it, I feel like no team, I guess, I mean, not really. Like, I feel like teams should make it their game plan to shut him down because I feel like everything runs through him. And this is another, this is another John... Was it the John the John Fuck My Life tour? <laughs> Another stop on the tour, right? Like where So we got where's Mithy? Mithy's gotta come out of retirement and be a stud for the rest of the season and then that'll be that'll complete it. That'll be like yeah, the, luckily, the grand finale. <laughs> luckily this season I don't have to argue too hard about it because I, I think that most of these players that I had kind of memed on and that have gotten good this season, I think they actually are all playing well this season. It's not like I think they're frauds and they're like getting carried by their team or Which whatever. Is like good. I actually I do think these guys are like all of them 
uh, that we've talked about are playing well. I don't think any of them are frauds. Really. This has been like, dude, like look, look at this team. I know, like some of the players have overperformed on this team, but Fabivin is hard carrying this team, right? Their uh, ball lane is not him, him. Dan Dan are doing really well. Yeah, Razor's Dan. been doing well. Razor's been excellent. I, we should we should uh, point him out too. Razor's been outstanding. The top half of the lane or the map is really doing is doing well. A lot of the yeah. analysts. Uh, have you guys seen any of like the extra segments they've done between games where like they've had the analysts and Yamato and other junglers and stuff talking about like Razork and how everyone thinks he's like a savage? Like basically, he's he, Razork's been really good. He's been like on point. I actually think he's getting a lot of the credit that I think Dardock is going to start getting or should be getting. Mm. Where like guys just been nails all season, and like him and Forbidden hard carrying the team, right? Yeah, they've, just, I, I, they've they've been the better mid jungle. 2v2 in, like, every single game. Even the games they've lost. So, I don't know. This is probably a pass for me, even though I think there's probably some value on Misfits. 275 is too much to pay for Fnatic. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Vitality, plus 250. Mad Lions, minus 350. Get out of here with minus 350, dude. I know Vitality's a dumpster fire, but give me the dogs. They got their first win last week. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to bet Vitality. It's a little close, but Vitality is playing more aggressively and better in general in the last like few games than they were playing before, for sure. They're a team, um, one of the few teams that I've, like when looking at their stats for DFS in particular, I'm like not taking into account their stats because they were a not bloody team at all at the beginning of this season. And so for a while, it was like, even if G2 was playing them, I was kind of fading Vitality games. Uh and now I, I think they've started to kind of figure it out. They've been bloodier the last little bit, and I think they're going to start finding a place to get some wins here and there. Vitality is interesting because a lot of times when you hit, when you see a team hit rock bottom, kind of like they did, then a lot of the times you'll you'll end up in a situation where it's like they turn a corner where they go from morose and depressed, and like they literally will look this way in a game, like they just look like yeah. they're, no, they're not confident. To oh well, you know what? we got a cheese to get wins here. They're not cheesing. It looks like at some point somebody in the locker room or somebody like at their facility or whatever was just like, guys, just play. Just loosen yeah. up and play. And they've been better. They've only won the one game, but like recently they've been better. Yeah, they've looked better. I'm not saying they're a good team. They're probably the last place team in the league. Yeah, for sure. But like they've been better. And I know Mad Lions look good, but like, dude, again, this meta game. Vitality feeling confident, or at least a little more confident than they've been feeling. Should anybody be laying 350 in this metagame right now? That That's like another bigger picture question. I don't feel like any team bar should be laying 350 in patch 10.3 or 10.4 League of Legends. Maybe it gets better in 10.4. I don't know. Like I, I The way I look at it, no team should be laying 350 unless it's like an academy team. Yeah, I, I kind of feel you there. Like, and and that might not be a case to like say you you have to just bet like bet every single underdog because that hasn't been profitable. I've tracked it. That hasn't been profitable necessarily, but like spots like this where you just get to take a, a big dog like this it feels it feels like you just have to, right? And I do think that Mad Lions is one of the most variant teams in the league. <clears throat> like one of the teams that's very capable of losing to just about anybody. They've they've had very different performances game to game. Some some where they looked like they were like a top playoff team, and some where they looked like they were one of the worst teams in the league. So this is a good spot to bet on a dog too. I think. 
Yeah, it's also like Mad Lions maybe feeling themselves a little bit on Friday. Had the week off. Vitality could cook up something spicy for them. Calvin, is this an underdog you like, Mr. Underdogs? Dude, I've turned into you this season. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm now, like, Mr. Underdog. I've been underdog this, underdog that, underdog that. Maybe, like, one favorite every week. No, not not this time. No? Not feeling it? Is that the soul read? Is that the Calvin T. soul read? Yes. Nah, it's the flu, Calvin. Uh, I see. Chris, what do you think? I don't think I can touch this one. I will... They're making me think hard on this one. No, yeah, I, right? I, like... I, want, I want to see more from Vitality. It tilted me too much last weekend. All right. G2 minus 800, SKF plus 450. This is the exception to me. <laughs> like, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> G2 have not completed the troll cycle. We're like on step two of the troll cycle. They had the get right week. Now we're in the like still smashing mode. Next week they'll start trolling again. We talked about it. Was it week eight? They're gonna <laughs> we we like mapped this out. Roughly week eight, they're gonna troll a game, and we're gonna. <laughs> they I'm did. Not... Uh, they lost the game last weekend, so I think that resets the. Does that reset the, the clock? Timer. Yeah. So now they're they're definitely it's like an egg timer. We just reset it. it. Full strength mode, dude. I don't know, man. Like, they did straight up. The One of their losses this season was a straight up loss. They didn't get cheesed or they didn't troll. Like, they just lost. Yeah. I'm, they're not losing SK. I'm sorry. Yeah, just, no, they're not losing SK. I'm not, I'm not laying 800, but they're not losing SK. So, Saturday, I, Mad Lions, minus 200, Excel plus 150. We kind of already talked about this. We're on Excel, right? Yeah, I like Excel. Everybody on Excel here? Yeah. It's too, like too, it's too rich, right? This should be closer to even money. Uh, I'm gonna take a no bet. No, pass. Okay. Uh, Rogue plus one sixty two. Origin minus two twenty five. I'm gonna pass on that. I think Origin's the second best team right now. Dude, Rogue is really wow. So you think they're better than Fnatic? Yes. I like. It's pretty hard to disagree with that. To me, like you, like I think you could make an argument for either. Origin are just they're just clean, and I, I think Origin. I want a team that plays like Origin right now in League of Legends. They definitely did just get the shit kicked out of them by Fnatic. Yeah. I assure you, because I definitely had Origin in my lineups, and they got the shit kicked out of them by yeah. Fnatic. <laughs> the thing is, historically, like, Fnatic have always kicked the shit out of Origin, because Fnatic, Fnatic and G2 are, like, the puzzle that Origin can't solve. But Origin have solved the rest of this league, right? Yeah, that's how like, Origin don't lose to teams that are, like, worse than them. They just don't. Like, very, very rarely do they lose teams that are worse than them. Even only a little bit worse, because they're just so clinical. So, are they going to lose here? Like, I'm not laying 225, but I actually... This is a spot where I don't... Like, I would think the value's on Rogue, but I'm not messing with this game. Origin are good. Yeah, I agree. Actually, you know what, Calvin? I actually think, if it weren't for the fact that, like, Fnatic and G2 have Origin's number... I would say Origins like the second best or best team in Europe. Just I think if you factor in the big picture, ten point three, ten point four League of Legends, Origin are playing the game exactly how you want to play it. I agree. Minimizing mistakes, they don't make mistakes. The, Origin don't make mistakes; they only get outplayed. If you outplay them, you got it. Which is why only certain teams can beat them. 
yeah, that resonates with me as like, as being I, dude. T- tell me, this team is not th- this team is like the SK Telecom of Europe. They're not as yeah. dominant, but like they're the SKT of like four years ago of Europe, where they're just not going to lose to like teams worse than them ever. Yeah, like they might lose like one series a year, one game a year, or two. I guess best of ones are going to lose like a couple games a year, but like they lost to Misfits. But if you no, but like think about it, right? Like SK, like season four, five, six, SK Telecom did not lose a series to bottom teams. Like they just didn't. Like once a year, they would lose a series. They would lose to teams that were like as good as them or better, but they would not lose to like bad teams that they should beat. Because they're just that, that's just not the way they play, and I think that the way you play right now, that's the the way to do it. Like they don't make mistakes, so yeah, I don't know. I'm also Rogue haven't been that good. Maybe if Rogue look really good and just smash Excel, you could maybe consider it. Like they're just hot on the weekends, because that's a thing. Yeah, I do think this is a good matchup for for Origin though. G two minus eight hundred against Vitality plus four fifty. <laughs> Same thing. G2 Laying all the money on Fnatic. But I'm kidding. Yeah, get out of here. I'm I'm good. The double G2 parlay. We skip a <laughs> few steps on the troll meter. It's a, um, Misfits minus 350, SK plus 250. Is it time? Nope. SK Not for SK. Dude, SK are bad. Yeah, I had, they're a team I was definitely right on. I had them predicted as easily the worst team in the league uh, at the beginning of the season, and I still feel that way. Do you think Vitality's better than them? I mean, consider Vitality's been playing without, like, one of the guys they were supposed to have. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I do think Vitality's better than them. Yep. Any Anything on SK here? Nope. Nah. Sorry. Fnatic, minus 500. Schalke, plus 333. I'm passing. Yeah. I want to take Schalke, but I, I, I don't know yet. I don't trust it yet. Does it, okay. This week kind of feels to me like Shocker are just going to get like I mean they they play Fnatic in Origin so they're probably going to get smashed. It kind of feels to me like they're going to get like mega smashed. Like they're just going to get pounded into the ground, <laughs> and everyone's going to be like, "So uh, you got any of them Forgivens? Like can you bring him back? Like Forgivens done forever. There's no doubt about that. He's never done that. that. What are the yeah. what are the odds Forgivens done forever? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's not a hundred. It's like you know ninety five. Like the way that the Minus teams 2000. Reacted, <laughs> the way the teams reacted on Twitter and stuff lets you know I think because I think already we would have said like oh I don't know if he's ever coming back after leaving a team mid split like this but then when you look at like the Twitter and stuff like amazing just shit on him this weekend I don't know if anybody saw that but he made some amazing like quoted some article that was about him and he was like oh a cool new article about me and forgiven was like. As if anyone's going to read that article, haha! And amazing was like, "You fucking little bitch, leaving your fucking team," <laughs> and like just absolutely destroyed him on Twitter. Did you guys see the 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 meme article on Amazing? I think I retweeted it like yesterday. Yeah, that, that was the one he was replying to. Dude, that was so funny. <laughs> Dude, read that article; it's outstanding. Uh, <laughs> let me do. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll shout out whoever it was while I got it here. Uh, it's made by one of our TGH members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, from the game house. Um, Joaquin from Joaquin Suarez. So, Clark. yeah, Joaquin Suarez. I'll just I'll read the title, and you can go with the rest and let your imagination run wild. Amazing smile, one of the most powerful forces in the universe, <laughs> and that's it's outstanding. It was a great read. I was cracking up the whole time. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't want anything to do with Shalka yet. 
So that's that's Europe. Um, a lot of lopsided games this weekend, so Europe's not too exciting. On to Korea. Um, Friday morning. APK plus 600, Dragon X minus 1200. The Dragon X minus 1.5 is at minus 250. So I'll use this time because I think it's as good a time as any to reference. And again, I'll have a better record of this or a more laid out and specific um, breakdown of all of this data that I've parsed out next week. But in the LCK, underdog spreads have hit in 21 out of 32 games. And what I mean by an underdog spread is the underdog plus 1.5. So either the underdog takes a game or wins the series outright. As long as the underdog takes a game, that has hit 21 out of 32 times. And there have been three underdog 2-0s this season. That said, (laughs) APK and Dragon X. You have to pay. You have to. You get a buck seventy-five to have APK taking a game. I will say too that on. Uh, I guess it doesn't apply. It's, I'm just thinking Wednesdays. Wednesdays is the day it applies. So ignore that. Um, APK have been better than people think. Uh, I think Ixu in particular has been great. Flawless has been pretty good. Um, Kini's he's uh, left a lot to be desired, but uh, this team. Is exactly kind of what we thought they were going to be. Like, you can't be worse than Jin Air, but they're still not great. Like, the, this is clearly the. I think this is clearly the worst team in the LCK. But they are better than we thought they were going to be. That said, I think Dragon X is really, really good. I'm not touching this game. I'm <laughs> yeah. not laying 250 with Dragon X, but it's like kind of tempting actually. I'm just gonna pass this. I was this. looking at the uh, plus one and a half for APK. My Honest opinion. Well, that's what that's what I was saying. Like that's hit twenty one out of thirty two times. Yeah, I think Dragon X definitely has a better roster and just overall just better team comp in general. Um, APK can cheese one for sure, and it sucks because I actually think that plus six hundred is such a stretch. I don't think they win it. I think they do take a game. Uh, seeing Dragon X has been the past couple of games have been kind of indecisive in certain plays, and they get punished hard. I don't think APK. I don't know. I really don't know if they're smart enough to punish teams like that or not. Like, who knows? But I might, I might lay something on their plus one and a half. Yeah, I mean that that's been a profitable endeavor. Um, I I did the math on it, and like this is just taking lines from one book. I did the the math on it, and underdog spreads in Korea have been like if you just did like single like flat unit wager on the plus one point five for every single underdog this season, you'd be about a twenty percent return on investment. Pretty that good. said. You know, there's been a couple cases where a smashing has taken place and no one's surprised, right? Um, and, you know, the further the season goes on, probably the worse that yep. gets. Yeah, and we, we've, we've talked about that too, how, like, you want to take dogs in the beginning of the season before the good teams have a chance to, you know, widen the gap. Because a lot of times what happens is early in the season, that month of preseason preparation, you know, is the same for everyone. But once bad teams kind of get into the swing of things, or once the season starts kicking in and you have to prepare for two matches every week or three matches every week in some cases, um, the good teams tend to differentiate themselves more because they adapt faster. They have deeper champion pools, deeper strategy pool. Um, so a lot of times that happens. That said, I do think APK are like actually okay, but I'm not touching this game. This is a spot where I'm not going with the model. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. 
Next up on Friday, we have T1 minus 250 against Sandbox plus 175. The Sandbox plus 1.5 is at minus 175. So, Sandbox have been a bit of a weird... Uh, they've, they've been a weird team, man. Um, Sandbox haven't won a game from behind at all. Like, they just haven't. So, uh, when they're ahead, they win games. But, like... I'll just, like, read down. Dan 1 have only won two, or Sandbox have only won, not Dan 1, Sandbox. Sorry, we're talking about Sandbox. Sandbox have only won two matches this season. Um, they 2-0'd APK Prince, and they 2-0'd Dan 1 Gaming this weekend. But they also lost to KT Rollster this weekend, like, t- this morning. So, 1-2 to Freak of Freaks, 0-2 to Han Life, 1-2 to Griffin, 1-2 to Dragon X. So, this team is really hard to get a, get a, a read on, other than... They clearly lose anytime they don't get ahead. So I think a lot of the times when you're capping against Sandbox or with Sandbox, you have to look at the other team in the game and say, is the team going to get ahead? Or is the team going to make mistakes early that let Sandbox get ahead? Because the thing with Sandbox is they're, they're not always drafting these early game compositions. They kind of pick a scaling team, and if they start losing, they just lose. Which is weird, because most of the time when you pick a scaling team, the idea is you have a much better chance of winning later. They just, like, don't know how to play defense, I guess. They play... Yeah. Damwon and Sandbox kind of play, like, LPL teams in that they try... Like, obviously, they're not LPL teams. You look at the kill scores, they're definitely not LPL teams. But they play closer to an LPL style than a lot of the Korean teams do in that when they get behind, they don't know what to do, so they just throw themselves into fights over and over again and hope it works. Which is, like, not a bad way to go about things, but they could be a lot more calculated in it, and... Much like Damwon, Sandbox were the same way last season. Like, yep. they were a good team from ahead. They look like one of the best teams in the world when they're ahead in a game. Like they, they could, if they jump out to a lead, they could beat us. They could beat tel- like T one in a game here. Like if they just get leads in games one and two and Sandbox two of the series, that could happen. Wouldn't be crazy. It's just a matter of do you think they're going to get a lead, and in how many of the games you think that's going to happen? Because they're pretty clinical when they get a lead. So I think the smart way to look at it, like you said, is to look at the opponents and try to decide if this is a team that's going to get ahead on them. I think that's a really smart way to look at it. Yeah, I think I think T1 in particular, uh, while they haven't been like blazing fast or anything like that, T1 have been very, very smart. Like, very, very smart. And I actually think, against our better judgment, I think T1 is probably the best team in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't think that was going to be the case with the top lane situation and with the you know, talent on the other teams at the top of the table, but so far, T1 just T1 and Gen G and Dragon X, I think have have separated themselves a bit from the rest of the pack. And then I think there's like a group of teams that could be good. I think Afrika is kind of like right there too, where but they've had bad games too. So I think those three teams have kind of differentiated themselves from the pack mostly because they're just really intelligent. Like they're just playing the game smart right now. They don't take risks. They don't have to. Um, Tell, T1 has played their way out of a paper. If, if you consider, like, the first, like, four series they play, that they lost, like, seven drafts <laughs> out of, like, whatever, however many games it was, nine or ten games, like, and they still are, like, at the top of the league right now, that's pretty amazing, right? Kind of makes you wonder, like, if they ever figure it out and are just, like, a good drafting team all of a sudden, like, who's going to beat them? So, I, I don't think they're that much further ahead of these other good teams, but... um. The way Sandbox have been recently, I don't even know if I like the plus 1.5 that much here. I think I'm just going to avoid this one, as boring as that is. 
Like, yeah, I agree as well. Does two fifty feel like too much to pay? It doesn't, but again, like Sandbox are so good from ahead that all it takes is them recognizing, hey, maybe we should try drafting a snowball comp. <laughs> like, no, really, like Sandbox haven't yeah. really done that at all. They Sandbox don't have a single. They don't have a single Olaf game this season. Not one. Oh no, they do. I'm a liar. They have four Olaf games. I misread that. They are three and one in those Olaf games. Uh, on fleek has played. The other thing with Sandbox too is they've been playing subs, but they only play the subs against like bad teams. So they haven't played like Fate and Route and Joker against the good teams. So and T1 have only played Roach one game. So looks like Kana. I think it's one game. Looks like Kana's just going to be the starter for them. Like he's been actually Kana's actually been pretty good, playing the Camille really really well. Yeah, I'm sorry, Roach has played four games. Kana's played like everything recently. So two fifty feels like a lot, or it doesn't feel like that much really if you look at the standings. But I'm I, pretty I'm pretty confident T1. You think T1 win? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that T1 doesn't win this. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I could be convinced. I got to think about this more. But, like, just this metagame, dude. I hate flipping coins. I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, and I know that that's what this is. I know that's what, handi- like, a lot of what handicapping is sometimes. But the idea is you want to flip a coin that's slightly weighted in your favor. That's the whole idea, yeah. right? And maybe T1 is just that. But the drafts have looked a lot better. I think 10 4. So this isn't going to be on 10 4. Korea is still playing on ten three for this week. I think they go to ten four next week. So there's still just that. We saw it this morning. Teams are teams are still first picking set. They're still first picking set and letting Orn go. Yeah. So I don't it. know. I I don't know if Korea just has a weird read on things, or if the scrim culture there has just been like super bizarre. I don't know what's going on, but there's been some really every team too has had really really weird. I guess like. Dragon X happening. Dragon Dragon X have been pretty on point for the most part, but I don't know. Maybe I like two fifty. Feels yeah, bad though. The two fifty feels alright to me. Feels right. Saturday. If have, was, what's up? If it was the best of one, I wouldn't. I like in the best of three. In the best of three, like you give them that that extra edge, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Two fifty is probably good. It just feels just feels so bad playing that in this kind of meta game, but. Uh, Kate's, the other thing is too, you know, I'm talking myself into it because T1 don't ever, they've never really taken games off at any point in that organization's entire career. <laughs> like Faker got his big payday and he's just been smashing. They, dude, they also, I'll point this out. So they won a game the other day. Let me see if it was. So they played against APK Prince, right? I'm gonna read you Faker's scoreline from this series because you're gonna crack up. <laughs> so T1 defeated APK Prince. uh... 31, just short of 32 minutes in the first game, a little over 37 minutes in the second game. Faker's scoreline for this series through two games, 0-4-16. <laughs> On Rumble <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah. Echo. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I know it's APK Prince, but, like, Faker didn't even need to do anything. <laughs> like, that's insane. That's yeah, nuts. That's... So, and we've I'm gonna pull like damage charts here because maybe he just did a boatload of damage. Yeah, he actually did a yeah, he did a ton of damage in both these games. So never mind. So he was doing his job, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I, it's it's probably T1, but it, just be cautioned. 
Korea's been a little bit weird. Um, Saturday, we have KT Rolster, fresh off of a win today. Uh, an upset win over uh, Sandbox, coincidentally. Yeah, yep. um, KT are plus 200 against Hama Life, minus 275. The KT plus 1.5 is at minus 163. All right, so look. Hama Life have surprised a lot of people this week or this year. And I know, Calvin, you already made this your pick of the week, right? This is like yeah. – this was like the fucking lock of the century as far as I'm concerned. Like, in terms of value, you're not going to get better than this. These two teams are the same team. Exactly. KT have looked more like a dumpster fire more often. But, I mean, look at these two teams. Ignore what's happened this season. Look at these two teams on paper. I want to say, like – they're dumpster fire. I think their drafting was just pretty bad. I think their coaching was bad. I do they too. Have, they have veteran players who are actually good. Yeah. And you Coro saw has been happened. nuts this year. Yeah. They're if not you, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say if you remove KT's loss to APK Prince, just take if you just take that out of their history, yeah. Their history is really not that bad. Like they yeah. took a game off Gen G, they took a game off Dragon X, they lost to some other teams you'd expect them to lose to. And then they haven't really played the bottom of the table. Uh, yeah. If I remember correctly, they haven't played Griffin. They haven't played Hanwha. They they like they, they haven't played the other. Yeah, they just beat Sandbox. So it feels like you know if if they're a team that can take a game off Dragon X and Gen G, they're going to beat Sandbox. Then yeah, they they should be very capable of beating Hanwha Life. And plus two hundred is a pretty big number for that. And like the other thing is to think about what we all. I mean, I'll just pull the LCK rankings we had up. We all had the LCK generally. Basically, all of us had the LCK like the same way, give or take like half a tier on Hanwha, right? Where we had basically a top seven that were going to be competing for playoff spots. Then KT and Hanwha were going to be good eighth and ninth place teams in some order. Where like they were going to be competitive, they were going to take games off people. They're good rosters, better rosters than historically the set, the eighth ninth place teams in Korea have been. I mean, if you look at P- this, this roster would stomp like I feel like this would stomp like any Western region. Like I know it's Korea and people are down on Korea. Like that's a separate argument, but like Soan, Bono, Koro, Aiming, and Tucson. I know Bono's kind of a s- sketch player sometimes, but like put this team in Europe. How's this team doing in Europe? They're probably really good, right? They're almost definitely a playoff team. Yeah, they're probably a playoff team. They're probably yeah, fourth. yeah, they're like fourth, fifth, sixth range, right? Maybe higher than that if I'm just underrating Korea. I don't know. But, like, this is a good team. Like, Kuro, Aiming, and Tucson are stud. Like, they're world-class players. They're very, very good. I don't know if you guys saw Aiming's Ezreal this morning in Game 3. If you get a chance to watch the highlights from that, it was a clinic. It was an absolute clinic. He had nine kills in, like, a 26-minute game or something like that. Just went absolutely ballistic. So, and he's so smart. Build ice bomb gauntlet when they spawn the mountain drake to get the extra resistances so that they couldn't lose. Oh, so smart. I'm a big fan. Anyway, but like, like, so we talked about this before the season. Like, KT and Hanwar were going to be competitive teams. So, in some way, like, in really, they haven't really surprised me. A lot of people are surprised at how good they've been. They're not surprising me. This is kind of what I thought they'd be. Where, like, they're going to be not playoff teams, probably, but they're going to beat good teams sometimes or middle of the table teams like they're good enough players that I thought that was going to happen to me I had both these teams rated like exactly the same I had them both in the same exact tier which is like better than APK but not as good as the rest of the league maybe that's shuffled around a little bit maybe there's a couple other teams that are in the same tier as them now but I had these two teams the same so why the hell is Hanwha minus 275 yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either 
this is this is a classic case of Hanwha took a game. They took a series off T1. Yeah. The first series of the year, they took a series off T1. T1 looked like the best case. Any ELO-based model or power ratings-based model is going to be like, oh, Hanwha must be good because they beat T1, who's the best team right now. Yep, I agree. Anybody can take a series on any day. Hanwha have been better than we expect. But I actually think both these teams are also highly volatile in the way they play, too. Like, these are both up-tempo teams that want to end the game early. Like, KT yeah. Rolster won this morning against Sandbox by saying, hey, Sandbox, you suck from behind. We're going to play a pace draft. Like, they played they played Zigzbot in the first game. They didn't win. Um, they played Volibear support in game two. They played the Senna Ezreal, Kennen. They played Rumble mid in game two. Like, the, this team wants to end the game fast. It's not, like, super-duper all-in, but, like, they're playing for tempo. And then in Hanwha's last series, they played Nautilus mid and Blitzcrank. <laughs> Like, it doesn't get much more I want to end the game now than that. So, yeah. when you have two teams that want to end the game fast, that's even more coin flipping, unless the teams are very, very good. This should be even money, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Maybe Hanwha's a slight favorite, like one thir- minus 130 plus 110, something like that. That's yeah, why I put this game. 200 yeah. is absurd. That's absolutely nuts. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat and make this my pick of the week with the plus one point five. That's how I'm gonna. I'm gonna angle shoot this because this is just like so wrong. I think this is the most incorrect number on the entire slate in any. Yeah, I think this week that's probably correct. Yeah. So, Calvin made this his pick of the week on the money line. I'm gonna take the the minus one sixty three on the plus one point five. But let's get to our next games and we'll get to pick the week. So, um, uh, second game on Saturday is Damwon plus one twenty five. Against Afrika minus one seventy five, dude. Damwon have looked bad, and we talked about it. Like they are not built to play League of Legends this way. Like they're just not built for it. But like, you're getting plus money on Damwon against a similarly rated team. Do we really want to? I'm on the opposite. I'm on the minus one and a half Afrika. I feel like if if Afrika like if Afrika could just take a game serious. I think they can smash a lot of teams. Uh, uh, Keen is just way better than Nuggery in this meta, in my opinion, as well. He Keen, understands it. Dude, Keen, Keen and Nuggery are like exactly the opposite kinds of players. Like Keen, as far as I'm concerned, Keen, Keen is is a computer. He's a machine. Keen and Chovy are very similar to me, and like they just play every situation optimally. Like they're never going to lose a lane they should they should win. They're never ever going to lose a lane they should win, even with jungle pressure. And then like there's just some games where I just downloaded my opponent and they're done. Like there's just no chance. Like they don't have a chance. Summit kind of does this too from Sandbox, where like Summit's a little more aggressive. Summit's more kind of from the, the shy school of thought, where he's or like he's kind of closer to Nogri in a way. But like Nogri is closer to Huni. Keen is closer to like the Chovy of the top lane where he's just like, I'm a goddamn machine. Like <laughs> I'm a computer designed. If there was like a bot that played league of legends at perfect, like perfectly, it would be like Keen and Chovy. <laughs> Honestly, like if you watch the two of them play, like they never, they, they just don't lose lanes. It's nuts. So, and Keen is, he's so, so disciplined and Nogari is so not disciplined <laughs> that. Yeah, maybe that's just the, the angle on this series is that like that matchup is just too lopsided in the current meta game. It's a, it's gonna be a fun one to watch regardless of. Yeah, like, regardless. this is a tough one to bet because like 
would it surprise you at all to see Dan one two of this? Like they just like are hot that day. Like Saturday yeah. morning they show up and they just like stomp in fifty minutes. Yeah, that's the tough part. Yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think Af- I think Afrika's the right side based on what we've seen. So uh Dan Wan play tomorrow, by the way. So like this is we're recording this before that happens. Um Dan Wan play Hamwa Life tomorrow. And Dan Wan are favored. Minus one fifty four against Hamwa Life. Interesting. I wrote about yeah. it already, check the blog post. So um I I kind of think a freaking money line is the play here, but like I'm not going to be too heavy duty on it. I'm not going to be too heavy duty on anything in Korea because it's pretty up in the air right now. So I'm going to take one and a half. I'm yeah, this is probably going to be like money line to pay for minus one and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean they all have the coronavirus, so you never know what's going to happen, <laughs> dude. Dude, we're all going to have it soon too. Thank God. I know that way. Ever we're all just going to be coronavirus up. I'm I'm with. For corona. I don't. I don't. I don't want to joke about this, but we got to joke about it a little bit because it's getting too serious. I think it's about time to inject some comedy into this a little bit. Yeah, I mean it is. Uh, it, it's actually it's a, it's a serious thing. I, I don't mean to like wild over there. Yeah, yeah like I don't. I don't mean to joke about it. It's getting pretty serious. But we're just trying to ease the tension a little bit. Yeah, there we go. Um, Chris, what do you think on this one? You think of Freak or are you just passing this? Or is Korea just too wild right now? And completely missed the red on the uh, 1.5 thing. I thought they were plus. Anyways, uh, ooh, I think tonight might sway, or tomorrow might sway me a little bit on them. But I think it's a freaking money line that's perfect, actually. Yeah. I also think that, like, if Damwon's smash tomorrow, that you're going to get some value on Afrika here, potentially. Like, if you just wait until, so, like, Saturday. Exactly. So, because neither of them, well, actually, I think Afrika played them. Yeah, Afrika play Gen G tomorrow. Cool. So actually, there's a good chance that like maybe Afrika lose to. I don't think Afrika are going to lose tomorrow. I'm on them out right. But um, if odds are Afrika loses tomorrow, right? If Afrika loses tomorrow and Damwon smash tomorrow, you're going to get a lot of line value on Afrika, and then that's a spot to attack for sure. So um, this might be like a wait until after today situation. That said, it could also balloon out of control if a freak of like two O Gen G or something, right? <laughs> so, um, I think you take, I think you roll the dice there. You just like watch the game and see how it's going. Oh, it's hard to do that though because like they happen, they're the first game. So, anyway, uh, Sunday, last day of the slate, we have Gen G minus sixteen hundred <laughs> against. That's a Gen Air number versus APK plus seven hundred. Uh, the APK plus 1.5 is at plus 200. So, Gen G haven't played any sub. This has been an angle I've been kind of attacking a little bit this season, too. Um, Gen G haven't played. They've played Kellen and Life back and forth, but no other subs. So, they've been switching support. They both played. Uh, so, uh, Life's played five games and Kellen's played the rest. So, they've both been good. Uh, it hasn't really impacted their performance very much. So, d- d- the bet here is: Does APK take a game? Because minus two seventy five for Gen G to sweep is too rich for me in this meta game. Two to one. Yeah. Feels like a no bet. I'm staying away from this. I'm tempted to take APK, but I probably won't. Yeah, this feels like a no we'll bet see. to me. That's going to be one that the model likes, but we'll see. <laughs> um, last game of the weekend, we got Dragon X minus three thirty four, Griffin plus two forty. Um, the Griffin plus 1.5 is at minus 138. 
I think it's the same with Afrika. I think Dragon X is a really good team as well. I think Griffin's just super flawed, and I'm probably going to take the minus one and a half. I don't one. think that's a bad spot, but, like, again, it's isn't it so weird to, like, look at a team like Griffin and just, like, the players on this team and be like, how how are they just going to get swept, like, confidently? Like, how are you just going to be like, oh, yeah, like, they're, they're just going to get swept. I don't like sweeps much at all this season. I don't so either. Far. I don't either. So, that's that, and I mean, that's like I, my whole thing is, is I, I I give me the Griffin to take a game here. Like, I think I'm just gonna fade the the matchup. But yeah, I mean, like I I don't know. Like I don't feel exactly super confident about it, but like, it's just like sword. People don't like sword. Tarzan, Yukal, Viper, Irov. That's a that's a stud team. That's a good lineup. This team is in ninth place right now. <laughs> they haven't looked that great. Oh, and they got Nahoon on the bench too, just in case, you know, because why not? We talked about this before the season. Where I have issues with Griffin's coaching staff. It's the old Jenner coaching staff. So am I mixing Jenner and KT up? I might be mixing the two of them up. No, it's no Griffin has Jenner's old coach, right? Yep. Uh I'm going to double check this right now. Wait, you say what? I'm double checking. Oh, yeah, this yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. So that I'm not spouting bullshit. I'm just making sure. It is. Yeah. So Griffin's coach is, is Jenner's old coach, H Dragon. So. Or no, 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 no. That's KT. That's KT. No, no, it is Jenner. It's Jenner. It's Jenner. It's Jenner. Got it, got it, got it. H Dragon was Jenner last, the last couple of years. So. Um. That was, like, the big concern I had with them going into the season, and that's kind of showed up a couple times this season. But, like, this team's just so talented that I feel... <laughs> Get, this team's always going to be able to take a game off anybody, I'm, I'm convinced. When you have, like, Yukal and Tarzan and Viper, like, you're just going to win some games because they just go ballistic some games. <laughs> give me the plus 1.5. You got to lay a buck 38, but the, give, give me the plus 1.5 there. That's it. Uh, pick of the week. I did not pick. Oh, I did pick one. We're we're du- we're du- we're doubling up. We're gonna get blown out. We're we're playing the high risk proposition as a podcast here. <laughs> um, what is it? Is it minus? All right. So, Calvin, you want to go first because we kind of talked about yours already. Yes. Um, mine is plus KT Rolser plus two hundred against Hanwha Life. I think uh, Hanwa or I think KT has been a team that what people perceive him as, and they've been playing well. Just drafting issues and coaching stuff, but veteran players are showing have been showing their true colors here and there. So I think they need to keep up their hot streak. John, I went with Excel plus one fifty against Mad. Um, as a slight aside, I do I am I'm a fan of the double Excel parlay as well. I think this is a really cool week for Excel playing the two teams that are probably most comparable to them overall skill wise. Mm-hmm. But I like Excel to show that they're the top dogs this week. So I'm gonna take minus one or plus one fifty against Mad as as my main pick of the week. But keep an eye on that rogue line too. Well, I think so. You know what we can do here? Let's do this. If you, I'll look, well, what are the combined odds on that? Laying a unit on each. Would be By, a ten, laying a unit each to win. To, like net, to net half a unit if one of them win, right? Would be oh, like yeah. minus two hundred, which is our limit, right? If, Am I doing if the you math parlay, right? you get plus five thirty. 
I look, or I think it's five thirty, somewhere right in there. I think that's wrong. Is it? What? I'm trying to think what this is. <clears throat> if one wins, if you if put a unit on each, one wins. You your net, yeah, you half, your net half, right? Yeah. So you're laying two to win a half, which is more than two hundred. So we're not we're, we don't allow that here. <laughs> but that's what I'm, I'm gonna right. be. That's what I'm gonna be doing. Spoiler alert! So it's like one of those like guaranteed like shoebox. It I I don't know. I, I think it's very, very. I think it's like ninety percent likely they take one of these games. Yeah, it's it's a really safe play in my opinion to yeah, play. The I think it's like eight, maybe not ninety, but it's like eighty plus percent that they take one of these games, which is better than the minus two hundred combined yeah. situation for putting a unit on each. So I like that play quite a bit. Um, also, yeah, like do like a two, do like a three quarters, one quarter split, like three quarters of your your stake on both money lines and then a quarter on the parlay. That's the way you can do it too, where, where like you're locking in a certain amount. Maybe, maybe you lock in like a quarter unit or something like you lock in a quarter unit profit. If either of them hit and then you have the parlay, if it happens and you, you blow up on it, you know, you get, you end up winning like, you know, two and a half or whatever it is. So that's a pretty good spot. Um, Chris. So, just any bets that I've made so far has been gone downhill. So just, I'm really going to take the Sandbox plus 1.5 against T1. It's a long shot, but like you said, if they can get ahead, they I think they can beat anyone. And with the way um, LCK has been rolling, I, I like my odds. I do too. I think there's a good chance that... See, here's the thing, right? We didn't really talk about this too much, but like... Typically, this would be a spot where SKT try out Roach, maybe. But I think if they look across and they see, like, it's Summit, you can't treat Sandbox like any other bad team because, like, you can't put your sub top laner in against Summit because he's just going to dumpster whoever it is. And I don't even think Roach is bad. But Summit is really, really good. (laughs) So I don't think you want to mess with that. I think Ixu is actually pretty good, too. But Ixu is, like, a lot more of a matchup where you you can play fast and loose with your top sub if you want to so but i don't know skt might just want to put roach out there if they like win their first series this weekend they get their they're in first place they want to try him out you know because that's that's typically how that team operates just so. pray for me that they wouldn't <laughs> we'll do we'll do uh i'm gonna be on kt plus 1.5 at minus 163 that's against hanwha life so me and calvin are both on the same game here's so we don't get blown out because, as a podcast, so far this season, we are eight and eleven on our picks. Uh, I'm three and two. John's two and three. Chris is one and four. Calvin is two and two because he missed the week. So you're eight and eleven as a cast for minus one point six eight units. So have we ever been minus? No, and uh, I think we were like minus like half at one point, like the third week or something last year, like kind of similar to this. Where like last, so like last week, I had Golden Guardians against Hundred Thieves that missed the double Vitality parlay missed, but Vitality did hit. Yeah, they did. They did. So win John game. did say he was swinging for the fences there. We kind of and we didn't count that. my 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 G two loss prediction the week before. So true, true. I feel like we were robbed there, but. Uh, Chris had Griffin plus 110 against Hanwha, which was depressing. Uh, 
And Calvin, Calvin, how many times I gotta look this up now? Because how many times does Calvin hit and the rest of the cast is missed? That can't be that often. It might be the only time. Like it I actually think. can't be very often. Everybody else missed. No offense, yeah. Calvin, but like I like that's very rarely happened. <laughs> I think yeah, it's rare that any one of us is the only winner, anyway. Yeah, it's been pretty. Rare. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check last year's. I think it's because the LPL is not up. That's why. That's probably true. Honestly, like, so you, oh, you can't just like whiff on like a plus six hundred underdog. Or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it happened a couple. Nothing times, wrong right? with that. I'm yeah. just saying, it's like funny. No, actually, I love you know. It's I think LPL is fun to bet on. That's why. Let me see. So we have. I'm just gonna look up last year. Calvin, there was a week where Calvin. And I had it right. There was a week where Calvin and Chris had it right. And that was it. There was no, like, there was no single Calvin week. So congrats on your first sweep, Calvin. <laughs> you uh, you swept the pod this weekend. So on the year, I am plus 1.78 units. John is minus 0. 0.97 units. Chris is minus 2.9. And Calvin is plus 0. 0.41. So I've got some catching up to do, but it's a long season. Yeah, we'll get there. Well, it's a long season, as we saw. We were we were actually very good at this last year. If you just what was the million dollar thing? Yeah, you would have, you would have been like plus nine hundred grand or whatever if you had a million dollar units. <laughs> you were plus yeah, many millions. No, yeah, you you would have been a millionaire, multi millionaire. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that's it. You sign offs. Anything outside of league that's been uh, sticking out to you guys recently? Uh, eh, not much. Fun. MK Leo signed with T1. That was pretty cool. Uh, you MK... guys know any, anything about Smash Brothers? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's kind of wild that they went like overseas, more or less, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess the Korean style, or the Korean community for fighting games in general is always good. So I don't know. It's, maybe it's a good thing. It's actually, I don't think. It, T1 has any fighters? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they do. Like, yeah, because a lot of Korean teams do, though. A lot of Korean like organization has like fighting games and stuff like that that they sponsor. So, you know, going under T1 is a big thing. And like I said, I've watched MK Leo a couple of times, and he's he's legit. He's he's really legit. So, so I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking currently. Um, they have football. Uh, like soccer. Uh, Jeju United is owned by them. The SK Wyverns in base in the Korean Baseball League. The Seoul Knights in basketball. They have a men's handball team, a women's handball team. And for eSports, I'm just looking at the roster. They have Apex Legends. Okay, so they have three Amer- four American players on their Apex Legends team. Two American players on their Fortnite team. Hearthstone is literally four countries. That's kind of cool. Um, and then they have MK Leo and and uh, Anti. So for Smash Brothers, so but they, and they have one Dota two player. That's weird. <laughs> that's kind of weird, but yeah. All right, so not not their first foray into this, but that's pretty cool. Like we've seen some. Some big orgs pick up Smash players before, but like I don't think we've seen anyone on the level of T1, right? No. It's been like more domestic stuff. I guess T1's domestic, but they're like kind of international at this point, right? 
Yeah. By this point, it's been how many years now with StarCraft and all that. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I dig it. Watch Smash Bros. It's awesome. It's another shout-out to the documentary yet again. <laughs> uh, what about you, John? Yeah, I'll go deep again this week. I went light a couple weeks in a row there. <clears throat> we'll go a little deeper with... Uh, I think uh, people should always remember that really the best thing you can do if you want to improve the world as a whole is to live in a way that the people that you immediately affect are are bettered by the way that you live. Doing following the morals that you have in your everyday life to make it so that your kids, your parents, the people around you are positively affected in a way that they can then go, wow, I'm glad I was treated that way. And they can treat other people that way. Too often, I think people are like yelling about their morality is the way that they think they're going to change the world when really it's a much more effective thing to just live your morality. I definitely had uh, this week in particular, I had some decisions that I had to make where uh Doing something that's kind of morally against my general principles in life would have benefited me a lot more than doing things that like were in line with my principles. And I made some sacrifices and did things that are in line with my principles. And I think the people that were positively affected by that now are going to have something to tell for the rest of their life and something that could potentially change the way that they view the world. If somebody had a chance, I, I had a chance to have some very negative things happen to other people and it would have benefited me. And it wouldn't have been illegal or it wouldn't have been anything like that. It's just a choice that I had to make. And I decided that I thought it was better to not gain anything myself and to not negatively affect these other people. And now I think those people, hopefully for the rest of their life, will will think about that when they have to make similar decisions. And hopefully they make similar decisions the same way I did. And the world just becomes a better place. Take the high ground. Not in the meme way, the actual way. Take the yeah. real high ground. You can go on Twitter and yell at people about being better people, or you can just be a better person yourself. And I think being a better person yourself is actually much more effective than going and yelling at other people to be speaks better. Speaks volumes. It speaks <clears throat> volumes. Huh, that was good. I don't know how to follow that up. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, so this is, I guess, lighter. It's not really. Uh, I went and saw 1917 last week. Uh, nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I'm kind of doing like that the thing that everybody does and like see, catching all the Oscar-rated movies now. So I've seen Parasite. I saw I went saw 1917 last week. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's set in World War One. But the whole catch with this movie is that it's shot as as one take, which was really really cool. And I hadn't seen I've seen like large segments of, of television series or movies shot that way before. But seeing an entire movie shot in this way, basically, like, it's supposed to mimic being shot with one camera following the the journey of these two guys over the course of the whole movie. I'm trying not to spoil anything. I'm trying to be, like, intentionally vague here. But the creative vision it takes to have – to look two hours into your script or whatever or even 20 minutes into your script – and see how am I going to set this up? Like it's the, the how am I going to set this up? How's this going to look? How are we going to get here? How is it going to look in the background? Like the the whole the whole um, craft of it was absolutely incredible to me. And I guess I guess you could take this on like a larger point, but like one one of the big things that I'm into just as a person is craftsmanship. I think craftsmanship outside of like emotion is the most human thing that we have because. It's one of the things that differentiates us from everything else, right? Is we'll just pick a random thing. 
I want to be the best yarn knitter ever. I want to be the best, you know, origami person ever. I want to be the best League of Legends player. I want to be the best basketball player. I want to craft a wonderful beer. Like, I want to paint. It doesn't matter what it is. It's to me, it's weird, but it's the most human thing that we do is just general craftsmanship. So I'm always fascinated by movies, music, good writing. Um, it's why I'm into sports so much because the whole the whole fascination with one like obsession almost with wanting to get so good at any one thing fascinates me to no end so this movie to me like i loved parasite too i saw that and that ended up spoiler alert if you haven't seen the oscar stuff already it's shame on you it was two weeks ago but uh, parasite like swept everything well deserved it was an outstanding movie it was great if you guys haven't seen it i highly recommend checking it out but 1917 just the the craft of it was magnificent I hadn't seen anything quite like that. I I went and saw it, and I read about it beforehand, and I was like, oh, so they're going to do, like, a lot of, like, single-take scenes with this, and I didn't think about it too much. And then, like, we're getting through the movie. I was like, oh, they're just going to do the whole thing this way. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And it was. It was was outstanding. It was a great movie. Um, Really, like, all the awesome. uh, What's up? Two-second piggyback on your thing here. Another movie that's shot that way that's not nearly the same quality, but is an interesting movie that's shot that way is called Elephant. If you ever get a chance, that's uh, part of this. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's a day in the life of the Columbine shooters before they commit the that's, Columbine yeah, shooting, but it's shot, shot in one take and it's pretty good. And then with craftsmanship and talking about you know people being able to kind of really express who they are through doing things the way that they do them and trying to be the best at them. Anybody that that doesn't watch David Lynch movies should go watch David Lynch movies. Yeah. David Lynch is unbelievable. The way that like I don't know I don't know how he comes up with anything obsessive. that he does. <laughs> yeah, of it with being with like creating these movies where sometimes you walk away from them going like, I know that meant something really really deep to David Lynch. I'm not I still sure know what yet. <laughs> I'm not necessarily sure it means anything to me, but it definitely I can tell for sure that had so much shit for David Lynch. Yeah, he's yeah. he's really incredible. I've always been really impressed with him from that angle. Just in general, and I think, I think the one thing that I've learned from just—I mean, maybe this is just like nerd culture. I've kind of like devolved this whole thing to like <laughs> one of the things that, like, I guess, like you know, I'd say I don't mean it in a negative way, but like nerd culture, like obsessive culture. Um, the good thing about it is that once you dive deep on something like that, like it doesn't matter what it is. If you do that deep dive, you gain a whole new respect and appreciation for other people, even if it's not in the same thing. Like, you know, whether it was learning a piano concerto or, you know, I've cited a million examples already. Someone that's learned a piano concerto has a lot more respect than LeBron James than just, like, random Joe Schmo. Yeah. Who's like, oh, yeah, he's just gifted and talented. I said, no, he's not just gifted and talented. He's worked his ass off, right? And you have this whole new appreciation for things. And I think it's generally just a good way to go through life in general and you'll 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 find a lot more solace and happiness in just like little things when you have this appreciation for the craftsmanship of things like anything so yeah like we sit down and have a good meal it's like, you know what that was really really good i have a whole new appreciation for everything that went into this right as opposed to oh i just i do this cuz i'm supposed to you know so i just think it's a good way to go through things and you you it's it's a good de-stressor to just have you know, these little victories every day being like, wow, you know what? Somebody put thousands of hours into making this Xbox controller the best possible thing it could possibly be, or this mouse, or, you know, these car tires, or whatever. And it's just, a, I think it's just a good, healthy way to go about things. 
and it makes you a bit of an optimist, which is a good thing too. So I think that's it for us this week. Um, Chris had to dip early. He had dog duty. I don't know if you kind of noticed as he was signing off there, but hopefully we do a little bit better in our picks of the week this week, catch back up and everything. But um, unless you guys have anything else, I think that's going to be it for us. Good to go, man. Alrighty. Everybody have a good night and good luck this weekend. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.